Welcome to The Modern Rustic, a community-based podcast from the heart of the Fraser Valley, where we have classic conversations about our current culture and the impact we have on it. You know, I've come to this realization that I, I always, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt, but I've realized that I remember way more than most other people do. And that's not to say that I've got a great memory or anything, but I'm just... Memory like, in what? Like, like, like I remember people way longer than other people do. I remember, like, I guess it's just, it's just a little bit more... Like, you remember the stuff that you care about, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, like, remembering, like, connections to people and, you know, when I met this person and, and all this, like, and faces and names mm-hmm. and where I met them, like... Experiences. I, experiences, like, sure. that stays with me for ages. Mm-hmm. Like, I met somebody... If I met someone for two minutes... I'll remember them for a long time. So, because I just like mentally record them in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yep. You know, maybe I'll need, need them for something or maybe I'll see them again sometime, right? So I never really forget people like that. But most people, you know, I talk to like most of my graduating class from high school. Mm-hmm. It's it's all a blur. Like nobody remember. Like, oh, I'm like, do you remember that guy from high school? They're like, no. Like, what do you mean, no? <laughs> like, we would so spend funny. 12 years together. You don't remember them yeah. sitting in your class? They're like, no, nah, not really. Like, that, to me, that's baffling. Right. That's baffling. Like, mm-hmm. my best friend, we were in the same grade in high school. And he remembers, like, five people from high school. Hmm. Out of a grad class of, like, 100. Wow. He's like, yeah, I don't... Were they there? I don't know. I don't care. So, it's hmm. just... I just so I'm I'm as I get older I'm coming to the realization that unless you're like in that like immediate circle you just don't care about you don't remember people which is so much different than like how I was r- raised and how I kind of experienced the world were you raised to like exercise that part of yourself I think so something? yeah I think like, my dad is very much the guy that, like, has to know everything about what's going mm-hmm. on in the neighborhood, and he knows everybody, and if he if he has a question, he'll go and call somebody. He's, like, if you've ever seen his contacts list on his phone, at least a thousand people. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. At least a thousand. <laughs> That's a lot. So, it's hmm. just, so I think I kind of absorbed that when I was younger. I'm like, oh, I need to know everybody. Well, that's the farming way. Like that's old school words. Yeah. If you need, if you need something, or you, you don't call, you don't look up on Google on how to fix something. You call mm. this guy, right? You, you needed. Oh, I have a guy for this. I have a guy for that, or whatever. But nowadays, it's just people are kind of less useful. I guess I don't know. Mm, Maybe there's a, a difference there. People are less useful. Yeah. And that makes it more important to know, to meet those people that are useful and not to like, mm-hmm. not to diminish people into whether they're useful right, or not. Right. But, you know, if you, if you don't have any skills or if you don't have anything to offer the world, you're still a valuable human being. <sighs> How do I say that? I mean, well, what I'm trying to just say is. The people are the same. I would, I would argue. Mm. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. But for what I'm trying to say is, the people are the same. It's just your resources are different. 
Right. Right. So you just have you have people on your phone, not your contact list, but a different list of either checking out a, a how to how to video on YouTube or getting parts from wherever, right? Amazon or yes. Lorco or something, right? So we don't. So instead of turning to somebody we might know right. for information, we just turn to another source like sure. the internet. Mm. So I'm not saying, but I'm sure people are a little bit less skilled maybe today. In general, probably. Probably. Because I think that we are more into a society where if you need something done, you just bring it to whoever does that, right? Instead of, you know, like simple mechanics or... Sure, but has that changed today? On, in general, I mean, let, like a statistic like the amount of people that know how to do an oil change. I think that that number has dropped in the yes. last 20 years. Yes. So jack of all trades have, have <laughs> they're, they're gone, yeah. essentially. But you're, the people around are specialized. Yeah. But We're grossly over, <laughs> like, generalizing. But I wonder if there's a statistic. We, yeah, we are definitely generalizing. But it, hmm. I don't know what to what to how to speak to that. the The people, the people that are specialized, also know their value more. Like, do you know how hard it is to find like a like a private mechanic? It's almost as tough as getting a doctor these days. Hmm. You know, because if you've ever tried to. Uh, late last year I booked my truck in with the dealership it was a uh, almost a month wait just to because it had an engine issue but it that so, did, so you tried to find a private mechanic or did you just deal with it eventually I went I did it with the dealership because I thought because mm. I had a persistent issue that I didn't know how to solve huh. that I've had multiple people look at that's a whole story it turned out it was a like a small little uh, module that was like $30. And I spent thousands trying to fix the problem. Um, that was wild. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will never bring a vehicle back to the dealership for repairs. Hmm. Never. Unless it's something like Tesla or something like that, but because then you basically have to. But just in general, I mean, yeah. Like, you always hear the horror stories of how they scalp you and, like, try and add a, rack, rack up the numbers. and mm-hmm. Like, it's not necessarily that that is the case, but they do know how to pull money out of you. They really do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you think, yeah. There's, they got a lot more to pay for. It's mm. So they, you know, they got to pay True. for, like, the, the backyard mechanic is paying for, you know, a lot less than yeah. a whole dealership. So I'm sure they have, they're trained in certain ways to That's sell you, sell you a wiper blade That's or yeah. an extra, uh, belt of some sort. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't really blame them for that either. Right. If they, if they give you the option, like, Hey, you should probably, you know, change your wiper blades and change this. And we should probably do this fluid mm-hmm. and, you know, you probably need a tire rotation and XXX, and usually people say yes. They're like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, if it needs to be done, it needs right. to be done. So it's not... It's, it's the same thing as a dentist. Yeah. It's the same nonsense. Where it's, they'll just tell you, this is what we're going to have to do. 
and they look all smart with their, you know, lab coats, lab and coats, and you know, fancy office. And yeah. you're just like, well, I gotta trust this guy because, you know, because he knows more than I do about dentistry, right? Of course. But really, it's just, <laughs> it's just, I. I, I know so many people, or I shouldn't say that, but I, I know at least three people that would go to a different dentist and get a different result. Right. Like, oh, you needed a crown? Oh, no. No, you didn't, actually. You just needed uh, this. And it's just, it's wild. What? Uh, Interesting. Because you don't know. You, you don't know what's going on going on in your mouth. and No, and you have no you idea just, whether it's true or not. Right. I mean, you, I didn't go to the dentist for like, I don't know, nine, no, nine years or something. I think it was nine, ten years. And then I got married to uh, my dear wife who had health care and benefits. Mm. Well, I guess we all have health care. We're in Canada. Um, but, yeah, you don't you don't have to pay for the dentist anymore. Right. And so, yeah, because she's a nurse. And, and so I went to the dentist and I was quite nervous because I didn't have any mouth pain at all. Like, my teeth felt fine. And right. I'm like, they're going to come in here and tell me that I've got so many issues that I'm going to need a new mouth, right? And it's going to suck and it's going to be painful and it's going to be many, many visits. And anyways, it turned out that I had, I think, uh, seven cavities, I think. Whoa, seven cavities? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's, something like that's that. That's a hefty amount. How old were you when that happened? What was that, like three, four years ago? Yeah, something like that. I, oh, wait, I think I'm getting confused. I think I had three three cavities and like seven i don't know the number was pretty high right but it wasn't they weren't all outrageous it wasn't i didn't have any uh what's the worst thing like i don't know what's what's the past filling and then you need a a root canal root canal yeah yeah none of that okay yeah um but anyways do i so i got it all done and i feel the same so interesting yeah. Yeah, I I question that. I really do because I had the same, a similar ev- a story, right? I I last year I went to the dentist after five years, and because my gums had started to bleed a little bit. Okay. During the floss or during the just just generally? yeah, like after brushing, I would like sometimes get a little bit of like okay. gum bleeding, which is usually a sign that I haven't been flossing. Yeah. Which is true. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been. You know, every time I go to the dentist, like, oh, when was the last time you flossed? I'm like, you were there. (laughs) You did such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Once every five years is fine. Right. So, actually, I did floss once, like, a couple weeks ago. And it felt... Good for you. It felt not bad. So, I might do it again next week or the weekend. What made you do that? You just saw it? I don't know. I just was feeling... I had a a bit of a... uh, It was in a confident mood. Okay. And, like, a self-improvement mood. I'm like, you know what? I just brushed him. I made Let's go. Floss. Let's go. Let's go. Nice. Good for so, you. So, yeah, I don't remember the specifics of that, but... Anyway, so you went to the dentist. Yeah, so I went to the dentist after five years, and they're like, oh, yeah, you should really floss. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, but there was no issues. Really? None. Why were you bleeding? Just because I hadn't flossed. Oh, okay. So, like, they had, like, plaque buildup. It was just I plaque buildup. So they did a tooth cleaning, and they cleaned me all up and did the regular checkup dental things. I'm not sure what... They do like the. Do they still do those fluoride cup thingies? Uh, yeah. uh, they they changed, changed it a that. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Now they they do this. They actually improved it. So I went like three years ago, and I've been going for. Uh, you know, you go for your cleanings every five, six months or something. Like that, right. Okay. 
And since then, they've actually improved the system where, you know, he had like that. So they're doing like the fluoride thing, or whatever, but they right. would put it on or no, wait, when they're doing the actual cleaning. So they got like the pick and grinder and all that stuff. So right, and you have like that sh- suction thing that you hold in your hand. Mm. Right. And then every once in a while they stop for a second. They let you go. Right. Right. And then you take the thing out and you don't know whether or not to put your lips on it. Cause it's like, shoot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is this yep, a bad thing? Yep. Do I? Yeah. So it's, it's really funny. Um, haven't figured that one out yet. Anyways. Uh, but now they have a system or this one office that I go to has a, a thing that they actually stick at the back of your, is that, um, they stick a, what do you call it? It's like a little tool, little suction tool, and they stick it in the back of your mouth, not kind of like on the side of your back of your cheek. Okay. And it's constantly kind of, it's constantly suctioning. So then they, when they're doing your cleaning, they kind of tilt your head so that all the water goes to like that area mm. and it automatically gets shoved out. And so they can go really fast. Instead of stopping every, like, three teeth to, like, they just, you know, it's just constantly going. Interesting. Yeah, so it's pretty sweet. It's fascinating to me that even in something as cutting edge as, like, modern medicine, Mm -hmm. they're just always doing something better. Yep. Like, there must be a better way to do this fluoride thing. They're like, oh, yeah, just this, this, and this. Right. And whoever came up with that. Let's just put it in the water for everyone to drink all the time. Yeah. I wonder about that too. Mm-hmm. But okay, what do you think about this? The uh, I don't know how close they were, but the the, the government wanted to make dentist make dentistry a part of the rest of healthcare. Was that? Did you hear about nope. that? Okay, was this recent? Uh, it was like last year. Okay, I don't remember. I don't, it was something they were talking about. Like the NDPs were talking about changing, putting like dental in with the rest of healthcare Mm -hmm. and so you'd have to go to your gp and then they would refer you to a dentist sure um i don't think it ever took off or not but they were talking about it Hmm. i thought it was a terrible idea why because one of the most one of the worst and most annoying things you can have is dental pain because if you can't eat it's a big issue people complain about that right if, you're, if your arm hurts or your leg hurts or you have stomach pain, that sucks. But you're like, okay, I can put up with this for a couple days. If you got like a serious tooth swelling or a, a really bad, if you need a, a root canal or if you have jaw pain or something like that, you want to deal with like that day, in my opinion. Hmm. Right? What do you think about that? Well, I'm just thinking the cost. Yeah. Like if you... If- so many people don't have health care or don't have dental. Yeah. Right. And the amount that it costs for their kids to have braces. Oh yeah. Right. Orthodontics is a whole nother. That's thing. a whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's a loan you got to take out. Um, it is. It's, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand. Right. Right. And so would, would I rather have that? I don't know. I actually don't know the numbers. No, it's not. It's probably, you know, it's probably a couple grand for. Yeah. I, yeah. I overshot that by, no, but it, by a good margin. But if you have several kids, I mean, yeah. you're going to spend 10 grand eventually. Like if you right? and your partner both have iffy teeth. Right. Good luck. Very good chance any of your offspring will have bad teeth. Right. And you're going to have to pay to fix that. Yeah. My dentist, because I had so many cavities, when he heard that we were up at a kid, and he's like, 
you uh, keep the soother. Like if you give her a soother, yeah. Um, you know how like parents will like clean it off with their mouth before like you know if it drops on the ground they might just like you know oh, put suck it for themselves for a second right and clean and yes. give it to the kid right. I wasn't allowed to do that. Okay. Because of my mouth biome or whatever is not great. Oh, interesting. But my wife has really good teeth, and so he's like, your wife's fine. She can do the soother thing. I can't. What? Yeah. How do they test that? I don't know. It's how does the doctor... How does your doctor... Is that your doctor or your dentist? My dentist. Your dentist. Yeah. So your dentist knows that you the bacteria in your mouth are worse than your Just wife? because of the amount of cavities that I have. Oh, okay. That's... That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So you are actively trying to avoid sharing yeah. your your mouth bacteria with your kid. Mm -hmm. That is not something I had ever considered before. Yeah. Did you ever think about that before? No. Yeah, that's no. wild. It, it might be a crap. I have no idea. But I mean, yeah, it, it's it not that hard. We actually didn't really do the soother that much. So interesting. Um, but yeah, what age did you? You're done with the soother already? Yeah. Really? How old your kid? Seven months. Seven months and no soother? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So we did. <laughs> we did a... Uh, I know two-year-olds with soothers, man. Well, yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, so two things. Uh, my daughter was colicky for the first three months. Okay. Which drove us crazy, and it sucked, because she just would just cry for hours and hours and hours, and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. It's awful. It's it's torture beyond torture. Yeah, they call that like blue crying too. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. purple crying. Or purple crying. Got the okay. wrong color, but I'm sure there's a blue color. Or I think there's crying. a blue one too. Maybe if they're suffocating. I um, think they just come up with that names so like, oh, the baby yeah. cries a lot. It's called blue crying. I'm like, right. sure. Yeah. I think it's just because I think it's just called crying. <laughs> yeah. Well, the purple crying is, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Um, it got to a point where. We could hold her only a certain way if if we had to have her like facing us but away from us so we could like mm. kind of create but she had to be moving. And this is at what like right away after birth? Uh, no, it was like two two weeks after okay. we started. Okay. Yeah, and I think we guess that um, it has to do with her intestines that are not quite fully formed, so it's really oh. painful for them to digest milk and oh okay that yeah. makes sense yeah so it's just like uncomfortable so they're but they don't know how to whatever it sucks yeah. and uh the things that they don't know about newborns is mm, baffling right they're just like oh, yeah, it's gonna cry we don't really know that's what the doctors say to us it's like you know what they'll get through it yeah it's like really <laughs> okay and the problem is is that it has no way of telling you if there's an issue mm -hmm. it, the only thing you can do is cry or not cry yeah Pretty much. And those are the, the only two things that it can it can tell yep. it can communicate right. to the world. Right. So it's trying to figure out what's wrong with it. You got to just bring it in. They got to just scan it a bunch mm -hmm. of times and see what's up. Yeah. Just scan it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she has a barcode somewhere. Soon, man. Um, soon. Soon. Anyway, so we did the uh, so we had the colicky stage, and uh, so we fought through that, and then we uh, friends of ours did a sleep training with her. With their newborn. Okay. 
well, I guess he was like, I think five or six months when they started with him. Mm. So sleep training, uh, basically your goal is to have the child self-soothe. Okay. So instead of, uh, you soothing the child every time they cry, like in the, in the crib, this child can know that the parents are nearby and it can self-soothe. So if it's awake, so if it, you know, uh, basically put the kid down and they cry and cry, well, our child knows that it can, it's okay in that position and it can settle herself or she can settle herself. Okay. And, um, it's a skill that you teach them, which is really interesting. So it, uh, originally what you do before the sleep training, you're, you're always like, you, you, you kind of have the daughter asleep in your arms and then you try to put the child down and it's like a whole thing where it's like, don't move. Yeah, like don't you can only move like a, you know, a centimeter <laughs> a minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just stressful because all of a sudden something will happen and boom, they, they kind of do their arms and then they're crying and yeah. You start and you're over like, again. Yeah, then you gotta start over, and it's another 15, 20 minute ordeal to get them settled again. Yeah. And uh, that kind of sucks because, and another thing too is when they get through their first sleep cycle of a half an hour, mm. they kind of wake up a little bit, and then they'll either you can get fortunate and they can kind of go back to sleep, or they'll actually wake up and not go back to sleep and they'll start crying. And it's like, oh, they only got a half hour nap. Okay. Right. And so we, uh, friends of ours, did the sleep sleep training thing, and it uh, really worked out for them. So we tr- we started that, and our first um, introduction to it was, well, our problem was my wife was feeding the child, feeding our baby girl, and basically feeding her to sleep so that she would just be on the tit, and then she would, boom, conk out, conk and then out, you yeah. basically just slowly put her in the crib. And you're right. like, sweet, baby's gone. Or you do a contact nap, which is where you just, you know, don't move. Right? Okay. So you feed the child and, and then you don't move after. And so the Bible, uh, sorry, the baby was connecting sleep with feeding. It's like right. every time I, I feed, I would go to sleep after. Right. Or if I ever wanted to go to sleep, I would need to feed first. Mm. And so you have to, the first thing you have to do is break that connection. Right. And so we would we were told to feed the baby in a diaper and then uh, if she would get a little like sleepy, you kinda like, Oh, nope, wake wake up, like you can't sleep. Okay, so you keep her awake after keep feeding. Keep her awake. And then you after feeding you change the baby and then uh, then you're supposed to like just rock her to sleep in your arms. Okay. Right? That's the first step. So you do that for four or five days and you're like, Oh sweet, I'm getting she's really getting this. Like I can now it's like we dress her and then we just rock her for like five, 10 minutes. And then we just put her down like carefully while she's asleep. And we're like, sweet, this is amazing. Okay. And, uh, we thought we were home run or whatever. We thought it was great. And then they said, okay, great. Now that, now you've got that figured out. Um, now you're going to put the baby down while she's awake. And we're like, oh, wow. Okay. Like that's, kind of crazy talk anyway so we we go through the whole routine so you so if you're doing a night like bath uh a nighttime whatever so let's have a routine of we did a bath and then we did feed and then you change the kid and then you put her down okay well you kind of sorry you walk around after you change her you're like hey say good night to the paint and say good night to the ceiling fan and whatever else and then you put her down and then um she's supposed to 
just go to sleep. Now, the first night, this might be really boring, sorry. The no, first keep going, keep going. The first night, you, um, you're supposed to, like, just be right by the crib, and you have a few, like, uh, kind of, like, mantras, so to speak, where you just say, like, it's okay, we're right here, we love you, and then and then you're quiet for a little bit. Like, it's a whole type of, like, rhythm. So they kind of get right. that the fact that even though they're crying by themselves in the crib, you're literally right there. And they can see you. They're confused. They're like, why aren't you picking me up? But it's like, we love you. You're okay. Mm. And then you do that for half an hour. And if they, uh, after a half an hour, then you leave the room, right? You leave the room for five, for, well, five minutes max. But, um... And you're supposed to hear if the baby's crying gets higher or starts to, if it goes down a little bit, like if they start to calm, then you know that you're the problem, right? You know, it's kind of annoying when someone's like watching over you, like, hey, just right. like, let me be. So the baby wants you, to leave, wants you to leave and then it feels comfortable. Right, right. So sometimes you have that or if the baby's crying just keeps going and gets elevated, then you just come back. Okay. Right. So then you come back and so you do this whole thing and then you go back to the mantras thing. And if you're there for an hour, then you reset completely. So you take the baby. I'm sorry. I think it's after 15 minutes you do the leaving thing. And then after half an hour, you pick the baby up. You console the baby. Get her back to green, which is like like not crying. Yellow is like kind of whimpering, complaining. And then crying is red. Mm. And uh, so you get the baby back to green. And then you put her back down again. And you do the whole thing for another half an hour. And then after a full hour, then you actually change the baby like diaper and everything, get her, and then, but you don't feed the baby. Okay. And then eventually they will get it. So the first night we did this for about like an hour, 20 minutes, where you're kind of like, I don't know if this is working. And then eventually uh, every night after that got marginally better. So it was like the next night it was like an hour, and then it was like 45 minutes, and then it was like a minute. Mm. Right. Um, so anyway, so we did that, and now our baby is just, like a champ and oh sorry another thing with a soother back to the soother thing we don't use a soother is that with the the program taught us not to have any um uh what do you call it like like aids or whatever of some sort of like so no soothers no no, soothers. no like i don't know like teddy it's just you want to teach the baby that it's like it doesn't need anything like it can do this herself so Right, self sufficiency at like five months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's you're. I mean, she's only seven months now, but I think we're kind of teaching her at a young age that. Well, I I hope that eventually, as she gets older, that she can use that skill. Use okay. Just to like, no, I'm good. Like I'm okay if I'm by myself. Like, I know that my parents are right here, so, you know. So that's the whole deal, yo. What are you, okay. writing, what are you writing down? You're writing something down. A couple things. Uh, okay, so... <sighs> yeah, that's fascinating. Is yeah. this a new... Like, is this a new system? I'm not sure how new system? it is. Interesting. Um, it's baffling that there's so many different ways of doing it. Because yeah. we've been raising babies for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, you know what? Maybe we should try this. Do you think it's going to make a difference? For her in the future, sure. I, I, I've no. I think it will. Like okay. if you compare it to kids that are always reliant on their parents to be like right by the, you know, until they, you know, are completely out, 
then their parents can actually leave the room. Right. Right. And it's like the moment they, you know, like you've seen the videos of like parents trying to like sneak out of their kid's yeah. room, like a, like a spy agent or whatever. Yeah. Navy SEAL, whatever. And uh, the door creaks and it's like, man, like, right. Crap. So we're trying to train them to be comfortable alone, basically. I think so. There's, you know, even when she, now when she wakes up, we've had it a few times where she'll wake up like three hours later from like in the middle of the night, she'll wake up, wake up and our monitor is going and, and we're taught that we wait 10 minutes until we go in. Oh. We don't go in right away. So then, and every time, almost every time, we don't have to go in because she, she's crying, crying, crying. You're like, oh my goodness, that sounds pretty rough. All of a sudden, it's just like, and she's out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. She just, she was totally fine. She Sometimes they're crying in their dream or whatever else, so they're not actually awake. Um, but yeah, it's, she learned a skill and I don't know, it might be beneficial for the future. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. There... But what, what I can say is that we have our life. Like we literally just our bedtime routine is we start at six thirty, the bath is on, and we're out of the door at like ten after seven. Like and she's gone. Oh hold on. you start your so six thirty bath time, yeah. Seven ten the baby's asleep for the night. Yeah. When does they wake up usually? Uh like six thirty in the morning. And that's consistent. Yeah. And you're at would you would you say eight months now? Seven months. Seven months. Yeah. Wow. I know. A lot of parents are <laughs> would be very jealous. And you um, equate that fully to this, this sleepy, sleeping, yeah. this yeah. Tra- it, training thing. Alone, alone training thing. It's ability to calm itself down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Self-soothing. Is, so, uh, self so- Sorry. Yeah. Self-soothing. Mm-hmm. That is... It's really cool. It is really self-soothing. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, I think parents did this back in the day when they would just let the kids cry out well that's the thing right <clears throat> that's an extreme version of what we're doing yeah like i like recently mm-hmm. of the the limited uh sure knowledge or like internet that stuff that oh, yeah. i see about like newborns and things like that like uh, like some of the other like young parents i know they're like oh you know it's it's cruel to let your kid cry and you not do anything and i'm like what what is that a mm-hmm. thing is that, has it always been that way because like it, if if it's not if it doesn't need to be fed and it doesn't need to be changed, it doesn't necessarily need attention just because it's crying, is what I was gathering. Mm. But apparently that was there's a lot of heated people that are saying you have to like address a crying child immediately. Yeah, I would agree with that. You would agree. Yeah. Okay. Unless it comes to. Unless you're actively training it in the way that you were training. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like there, our baby was never in. When a baby's crying, it's not always... I, sorry, I, self, I kind of self-conflicted myself there. But we're, we're... I don't know. We were always in sight of her when she was crying. Mm. Right? So she could always see us. So, like, uh, on the first night that we are right there, we're right by the crib. And then I think three dates or two nights later or something like that, we're in the middle of the room. Right? And then we're at the edge or at the end of the... Like, we're by the door, but she can still see us. You know, so when she's crying and fussing about, we're we're in eye shot, um, and she doesn't get it. It's frustrating. It's hard for them because they don't understand what's going on right. until they figure it out. And I think I think if you're, I think the problem today is, well, I don't. I've never really heard it said that 
you know, if you're if, if the kid's just awake and crying, like not in the room, not during sleep hours or whatever, but just in the kitchen or what have you, I do think that's you should attend okay. the child. Okay. I don't think that depends on the age too. Like if they're old enough where you can talk to them and they understand what you're saying, maybe they're just being like I don't know, fussy or something mm. like that. I don't. I don't know. Like maybe they're pulling testing attitude you. Yeah, pulling attitude yeah. or whatever. But I think at like under a year, I would assume they have a reason for crying. I would assume. Okay. Yeah, I would assume. But like whether it's internal, like and the mother or the father can't do anything about it, they should at least consult the kid. Like, mm. but I, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. This is my first kid. Um, I really like talking to first-time parents, though. They're always the best ones to talk yeah. to. Because they're, like, they, they're also like, you know what? You talk to fifth, you know, sure. parents of five kids, they're like, I still don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is still a thing that we don't know because mm-hmm. every kid is different. But, yeah. yeah every kid parents, is different. Yeah, like, yeah. the fact that our kid sleeps through the night is, you know, it, she, it's because also, not because of the sleeping training completely, but it's also her, you know, that's just what she does. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Because um, I I think Gabor Mate, I think. You ever heard or read any? I've heard the name. Because he, I think he posts the question or the phrase or whatever uh, statement that a lot of our trauma today comes from neglect as a young age. Mm. Like coming from, oh, let the kid cry it out. Right. And so he's really against that. Okay. Yeah, it's such a fine line. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of agree with him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do you, yeah, how much of, how much of your brain in a day is spent just worrying about the little things that you do as a parent? That like, oh, this could have a, Mm. a larger effect down the line like butterfly effect style uh like if you don't address something right away or the mm. way you handle a situation or maybe they get something in their brain and that sticks with them for the next yeah. 50 years what do you well, think now now it has uh, yeah <laughs> it's a <laughs> sorry um i feel like every parent feels like that though and that's just a, a burden that they carry with them you know what comes to mind is the nature versus nurture. Yeah. That's, and I'm, <laughs> I've heard recently that it's mostly just nature. That's what I've heard like as well. But also, if you think about your own memories, right, as a young kid, you can like distinctly remember f- certain times when you've been neglected or yeah, hurt or, members. yeah, like, my goodness, you know, um, I've also heard it said that the what matters most is actually your neighbors, like your actual. <laughs> sounds crazy, but um, who was talking about this? It was with um, shoot, what's his name? I'm gonna forget. Uh, but there's been a study done where actually your neighborhood matters more than the actual parents. Okay, yeah. that's a that's a large jump. It is a large. What is jump. that? What, explain that to me. Um, and it's it's not the na- you, you you right away think oh it's the neighboring kids. Mm. It's not. It's actually the neighbor the neighboring parents. 
that matter the most. So I'll, there's been studies out that if if your daughter is surrounded by a lot of um, moms like in the neighborhood that are like lawyers or doctors or something like that, there's a very high chance that, you, that your daughter will become one of those things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense, whatever you're exposed to. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and it's, I think there's something to, be said, something to be said that you're not always looking to your parents as, as the only, you know, idolization or mm -hmm. important figures in your life. If you're, if you're surrounded by a, a, a large amount of other people in the same age range that have an effect on you, then those people, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes it's sense. wild to say, but when you kind of think it through, you're like, oh, actually. Because also to your parents, you don't always, a lot of people don't idolize their parents. Like they, they kind of think that they're, you, you kind of go against them a little bit. At certain times At certain in your times life. In your yeah. life yeah. I think yeah. it's a very much a roller coaster up yeah. and down. Yeah. Right? When you're young, most kids may perhaps not idolize, but they definitely see their parents as their main source of of information, of uh, of framework. How did you see your parents? Like growing up, let's say you're twelve years old. Yeah, I think like, I I think that I I saw them. I mean, also I didn't have any neighbors really, so yeah. I mean, perhaps that plays into it. Yeah, you know, maybe it's not neighbors, maybe it's just other adults in your life or mm -hmm. whatever it is but yeah. yeah i think that i definitely wanted to i saw the the way that my parents were and i wanted to be like them for sure when i was young mm -hmm. like especially at you know 12 years old you're just starting to get weird feelings and getting into the teen years and you know you have no idea what's going on but I feel like your parents have to be that 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 grounding place for you. Like, oh, you think they have it all together, right? Because they're adults and you know they they take care of you, so they must have it all together. So they must have done it right. And you kind of want to you see the things that they do and the way they interact with other people and the way they deal with their problems, and you kind of try and do the same way because you think that they are successful. That's kind of what I gathered when yeah. when I was a child. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's still, I'm sure it still plays into my life now at almost thirty. But yeah, it's weird what you carry on, right? What you carry with you, because if you're not told otherwise, then so many people just assume that what they see when they're young is the way that you're supposed to interact with people. And if that is perhaps not a good, ex if you're not getting a good example when you're young, that can really mess you up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, it's <laughs> one thing that's, it's a strange uh, thing when you get to a certain age where you realize your parents don't have it together. Yeah. I, I, I ask people that quite often. Like, at what age did you... Do you at what age did you come to the realization that your parents are not your parents, they're just regular people trying to figure it out? Yeah. 
like I, and it's different with everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people haven't even got there yet, right? <laughs> yeah. It's well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was a it was like a one day, like I don't was, think so it, I don't think it was a, yeah. it was a moment. It was just certain little uh, connect the dots type mm-hmm. deal, like huh, you know, maybe maybe my my parents' decision, or like maybe my dad's decision on that wasn't wasn't the best you know yeah um and that's a weird thing to think it's like oh maybe i just thought that life just happens to people and they just turn out and they just do the best thing that they can but just life happens to them and Mm -hmm. that's the result it's not because of their own wrongdoing right yeah it's quite shocking to be like huh because my parents divorced when i was younger so obviously life isn't perfect at a young age yeah and uh, not even not saying that your life was perfect, but the whole family structure wasn't wasn't always together. Yeah, it's, and it's, uh, it's... carry on. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just so I knew at a young age that like this isn't really like, but I always thought that that was life happening to them, not mm. them doing this to themselves. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Did you feel? I mean, when that happened, did you feel like that? When did you feel like okay, this is not how it's supposed to be, like right, like oh, I have no idea, honestly. I, but I, that's the feeling you got. That's the uh, yeah. Like it wasn't it was, because I didn't it have. Was off. I didn't have. Yeah, I knew it was off, but I I didn't I didn't have disdain for either parent. Right. Like it was not, not like shame on him or shame. On, it was just oh, this is the situation. Yeah. Because I was seven or so um, years old, I didn't have the adult conversations where it's like. You know, uh, I, I just got like, daddy's just away for now or something like that. That's, mm. it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, I think for my older brother who was, what, he was probably like 16 or something like that. Um, you know, his experience was probably a lot different. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Of more adult, like seeing the, the, I don't know, betrayal or whatever word you want to put in, but where it's like, oh, you see just failing human mm. yeah yeah when you're seven you you don't even really understand how to be angry right how right to be resentful right like that's yeah. not something in your repertoire right. you don't it's have the so emotional strange. capability to yeah. really be angry for more than like five minutes right right yeah you're i remember i was such a i was such an ass i remember <laughs> uh my mom was so broke and we were living in this house that we couldn't afford so we when my parents were together, we bought this, my parents bought this house that was far beyond our means. Right. And, but my dad likes things and he likes to, whatever. And, uh, and so when he left, my mom was forced to pay, like we were just, we weren't even being able to pay the mortgage at all. Mm. So it was just like the banks at this point. And uh, I didn't know that obviously. And I remember my mom was vacuuming and I was sitting on the sofa and I'm like, mom, like, how come all my friends get an allowance and I don't? Mm. And I was just the whiny little, you know, six or seven-year-old. And she, I remember her just tossing me a toonie. And she goes, there you go, now you're happy. And she just carried on. And I'm like, hey, like, that's not really what I wanted. But anyways, it's just, but now I think about that now. It's like, that's that's probably, like, all she had. Yeah. Um, quite shocking. But, yeah. That was our life. And then we got kicked out of that house and then my two grandparents so like even for my dad's uh my dad's dad and my mom's dad 
got their money together and they bought us a house in Abbotsford okay. to live in. So, wow. That, yeah. And I didn't know that at the time either, obviously, because I'm a kid. And so we just moved into this smaller house and mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, lived there until my parent, until my mom remarried and I moved away. So that was only, that was what, 15, 20 years ago. No, like that, that oh. time frame of like moving till like you were in that small house. Yeah. I was in a small house for only like maybe two years, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was single for, I don't know. I should know this, but I don't, uh, probably like four years. Okay. Yeah. So, but we, like, she was raising four kids, um, on a, uh, daycare salary, making eight bucks, nine bucks an hour. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Like, just brutal. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, what, I mean, if you could... What would you change anything if you could? Man, um, I don't always like to think, ask questions like that because yeah. you can't change things. Yeah, and you have no idea how it would affect things. But That's a, yeah, you don't like the whole butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. what, like, what was the biggest concern when you were a kid at that age? I mean, what did you see and what did you want to change? I remember when my mom started dating another guy, mm. dating like, whatever, I don't even know if it was dating, it was just, anyways, and I remember like my biggest question was like, is he rich? Oh. Like, does he have money? <laughs> that was my, that was my biggest thing. Um, yeah. Anyways. So, but did I, would I, um, what was the question? Did you think that at the time... Was there something that you would have changed? No idea. I honestly, yeah, that's I that's valid. No idea. I, I don't know if it was a uh, my my brain protecting itself, mm. which I think could very well be, because I think that's what a lot of trauma is, is your brain protecting itself from like whatever's happening in the moment, and then it coming up later in your life, and you don't even know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. In that moment, in that time frame, was like I f- honestly felt like I was just like on a on a on a ride of some sort. Like I had no I had no choices mm-hmm. in my life. I didn't. I, I yeah. You just you don't have any cards you can play, and so this is the card that you're dealt, and you just go along with it. I also felt protected by my. You know, I never had had family structure in the family like my mom was amazing to me my siblings were great to me right so I, I i did have a really nice life like growing up it was just we and i didn't really notice that we were poor that much it was just it kind of came out a little bit um but then when i got moved into this new family with my step siblings and that all worked out nicely for like shockingly for moving in because my two older brothers um, they actually moved out. Uh, they moved out when they were like 15, 16. Oh, wow. Because my mom moved to Surrey. Okay. And so my sister and I, we moved in with, we kept, we stayed with my mom and then my two brothers, they moved out, uh, into a basement suite. And, um, 
and then yeah so my my sister and i we moved to this new family i think there was like four or five uh step siblings living in that house um and they had recently lost their mom in a car accident like maybe two or three years prior um so they were going through an insane you know like yeah they were going through a lot and uh i was the youngest out of all of them Mm. um so when i moved in it was just like this is this is life you know and i don't really remember ever being like this sucks or i just i really miss my my brothers um it's probably why i'm a hoof trimmer today because that's i just loved working with my brother right like i so when i was in high school my brother was hoof trimmer and whatever else and when i was in high school spring break and summers i would spend and i'd live i would live with my brothers and i would work with um work with him and that i didn't love working all the time when i was like 14 mm. through 17 but it was my time to spend with them yeah even though the family that i was i moved in with they were fine like they were great um but yeah, yeah you so you can't break that bond that brother no, bond. yeah no you can't so anyways so that's um so did i do what i could i did what i could with like spending as much time as i could with them and but i really i just didn't feel like i had any other choice hmm. yeah and i think that's a big factor in like life like if you're just in this situation and you have no you, i think you take it on differently you do way less like what was me type deal because you don't because you just you don't have a choice. have a choice you just right you're so young and you just and this is your normal like we only have one life really and like that's your that's your i don't know what a what a family structure like you know oh you come home and there's mom and dad sitting mm-hmm. there and you know you like i i don't really remember that what that's really like and that's yeah you didn't have that yeah yeah and that's like i'm not it's neither good nor bad it's just what happened it's just what happened exactly it's just yeah. you know and so, you made the most of it you think maybe i did the mo- i did i made the most of it in a in a way of spending time with my brother like with yeah. my two brothers um that I made a conscious effort of, but made the most, I never, I don't, I should ask my mom this, but I don't remember complaining. Hmm. Yeah. More than any other kid, really. Right. Yeah, like I complained about like doing chores and yeah, like that stuff, but I didn't, I didn't complain about like, oh, I, you know, I want my old life or, you know. Do you think because you knew that that wasn't a possibility? I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's, I think the brain protecting itself. Is yeah. Don't yeah. ask for something that you know you won't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because that would be tragic. Yeah. Yeah, the answer is worse than the question. Yeah, there Absolutely. you go. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. Oh, that's. Mm-hmm. God, I'm. Man, listening to that, I just I am so. I feel so privileged to just grow up with two parents. That's mm. wild. <clears throat> well, I. Yeah, maybe you should be. <laughs> I feel I, I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm also privileged and in different ways. And oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we all we all are in a certain way. Okay. Because um, through all that, you you build up a better like 
I have a good work ethic and mm-hmm. right through struggle, you can kind of create, I never know in life. This is one thing that I've questioned about raising kids is I don't know at the point of, uh, uh, putting them through, you know, like them, how often when they fall, uh, is it going to deter them from ever walking or is it going to make them a better runner? Hmm. And I think that with like anything in life, like what is going to hurt them where they become depressed and hurt and lonely or is going to make them better? Like for me in my life, in my circumstance, it it's led me to be a better human. Yeah. But it could have done the other way. I could have become, you know, I've resentful, resentful and, and wrecked and, myself and yeah. hurt myself and. I could have gone that route, but I, I, for, I, for some reason I didn't. And that's not because of who I, it's just, I don't understand yeah. the difference of like, and how to know that in, in a child, like raising them, like when they're like six years old and it's like, you know, this is good for you. Mm. Or is it like, no, we need to fix this. Like I, I need to stop this. Uh, like I need to, you know what I mean? And that's like with everything in life. That's, you don't know. You just go off instinct. You have to. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, if you're... Because if, you're... if your life is too good, right, you become... Complacent. Complacent, but Absolutely. also you become... Nobody wants to be around you. No. Like, you're just... You're just a... <laughs> like, but if you have struggle and if, you, if you've if you gone through shit and you have... And you've battled through it and you've become this, this diamond in the rough type deal... That's that's who you, that's that's great, but you yeah. can't become a diamond without pressure. Yeah, it's like how much pressure does the until the diamond just falls apart? Yeah, breaks. you want a healthy amount, and yeah, you, it's impossible to try and figure that out. It's impossible. Yeah. You can't just plan it out ahead of time, right? Right, and you can't and you can't simulate your own experiences for your own children either, because mm-hmm. you don't want them to go through that. Of course, you're not you're not going to divorce your wife right. so that you put your kids exactly and they become a better person right. later. That's right. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What's that saying? It's like uh, hard times create hard men. Yeah, hard hard men create good times, and good times uh, create soft men. Yeah, and soft men bad times, something like that. Yeah, bad yeah, times. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Soft men create bad times. Yeah. Exactly. Which is kind of what we're in today is, I think we're pretty soft. In a lot of ways, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that when you give, when you give people enough time to, of just unbroken, I mean, peace isn't the word, but I mean, we don't have any, we don't have a global issue that we're really, that everyone is worried mm-hmm. about. Say 9-11. Yeah. When yeah. 9-11 happened everybody in North America was like, oh, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. We need to pull together. That's right. You know, any of the world wars, any of these big events, Mm -hmm. Vietnam, all these things, but we don't, we've become, like if, you know, any of the war, any of the warring issues on the European continent and the Asian continent, anything, you know, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, all this stuff, we can choose to ignore it. I've chosen to ignore a lot of it mm-hmm. because I just can't keep up. Yeah. And I don't have to have an opinion on it. That's the, that, to me, that's the thing. If I, I have the privilege to not have to have an opinion on something. 
And I think that matters. If we all have that privilege, and which means that we have the choice to look at other things and worry, and other things are more important. And there's so many, so many, so many issues that should be addressed at in time. And people are now like starting to be given the opportunity to kind of self-reflect more and figure out what matters to them. And every person is different, so something is different. Something different matters to every person. And now that we have the internet, your thing that matters to you now matters to everybody. Yeah. If you followed that. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And the internet's a big deal. Huge deal. Huge. I wanted to ask you, I've been thinking about this today. Um, I've been trying to imagine the AI situation mm. and where it's going. Because I truly feel like I, I truly feel like AI is in a in a spot where it was like the beginning of the internet. Yes. Yeah. Where we didn't really it, know. You're at the cliff. Yeah, yeah. Where we didn't really know what the internet was going to be, but we just started out with like MSN chat, and now it became you know FaceTime yeah, video, Wikipedia um, pages, and sure. But we like what we're gonna do with AI. With what they're doing now, where they're, you just type in a, you know, you just type in, like, or you just say to the thing, rather. You just say task. to, like, yeah. a task of, like, oh, build me a website about this. Yeah. And it does that within two minutes. Yeah. Um, and, oh, oh, can you make it like this? Oh, can you do this? Is it, like... What's it, what's it going to do to our elections, where it's, like, you can just have you know, like Trudeau or like whatever, like you could just make someone become a villain or a saint, mm-hmm. but you, we won't be able to distinguish what's fake and what's real. I'm, I am worried about that. That's going to be so difficult. I am very worried about that because you, in the, in the not too distant future, you're going to just go on the internet mm-hmm. and just open up whatever it is, Twitter, yes. and there's going to be so much fake news. Yes. And because AI now, you can just, you can make full videos of people saying stuff that they've never said, Mm -hmm. which is very scary. Scary, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and knowing us as humans, we watch a TikTok for three seconds. There you go. And it's Trump saying X. Yes. And it's like, oh, you know, you could just make him say something like super, you know, I hate Jews or Mm -hmm. something. Probably he did. He probably didn't say that. Right? Sure. But people are going to see that. They're like, oh, I'm right. not voting for that guy. Mm-hmm. And even if they know it's fake. They won't even. It's just in your head. Yeah. But whether you know it's fake yeah, or not, yeah, yeah. like you're going to be bombarded with yes. these things. Yeah. And you're either going to a completely separate yourself from it so that you're not going to know anything about anything. Or B, you're going to let it impact you completely. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to vote for that guy because XXX. Or I see so much bad stuff about him in the news, Mm -hmm. even though it's none of it's true. (sighs) Yeah, that's scary. It's scary, man. Like, you can watch full-on speeches of people saying whatever you want them to say. Yeah. And it never happened. Right. It never happened. 
that's that's worrisome. That's very worrisome. I also worry on like an individual level, right? I mean, how many people? If if somebody took, you know, if they downloaded my my the the modern rustic episodes, put it through an AI system, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, make uh, create a, a convincing script." Of a conversation with my grandmother about her wiring me money, right? That there is you go. super easy to make. Yeah, super easy. Yeah, and then you just I have a computer call my grandmother. I'm like, oh, I'm stuck in somewhere and I need money, and they're like, oh, we'll just send you money. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, neither of my grandmothers know how to do that, <laughs> so I'm not too worried about it. But yeah, man, it's yeah. like scams or like phone scams. People fall for those every day, mm-hmm. and they're only going to get more elaborate. You yeah. know, we laugh at the, you know, you get the the letter from the Prince of Nigeria. Sure. Nobody believes that, but mm-hmm. something more convincing? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, they're going to... Somehow, the algorithm is going to know who you follow. Mm-hmm. Boom. It's going to find... And then it's going to make that person call you... It's gonna be like a FaceTime from that person. Yep. It'd be like, dude, how's it going? And it's like, do you want to see me in, you know, whatever on a concert, or if you do want to, but I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like, send me this and or send me this kind of cash or whatever. Like, whatever. Like, sweet, yeah, cool. All right, thanks, bye. Yeah. Right, and I don't know. I, but this is just the beginning of. I, I truly think that. Like, I'm, I don't know, like, it's going to be a whole other issue of how we're, I don't know, like, (laughs) I think our daily life is going to be completely changed. I agree. Um, I think we're in the, probably within 10 years or so, I think we're going to see a lot of people just pull back from their, their internet usage, their tech usage, because they're going to get bombarded. No way. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get more curated to what you like to see. Oh, that's true. And it's going to be insanely addictive. Yeah, I I try to believe in people, but you're right. No, it's 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 going to be yeah, it's going to be It rough. is going to be extremely addictive. Yeah. Because the re- the average the average human YouTuber, you know, content creator, whatever you are, TikToker, they are going to be able to use AI tools yeah. to create, to make their content incredibly addictive. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to need anyone to do yeah. that. Like you and I, like we've both listened to like podcasts with like Mr. Beast talking sure. about how he's, you know, he's, he has his algorithms. He's figured out a way to yeah. make his content highly interactive, mm-hmm. highly enjoyable, highly addictive. And more power to him. Sure. But eventually, the skills that he's learned on how to 10x everything mm-hmm. are just going to be AI tools. Yeah. And everyone's... But then... Okay. But then everyone's going to be do, making the exact same content. And, well, I don't know. Is it all going to be See, the same is, then? This is why I wanted to bring this up. Because it, it's a great conversation. Because you kind of like... Where does it go? It's, where it's does it like go? A, it's kind of like a, a blank page of all this promise and also scary yeah. situations that could you're be building. Um, but where you're constantly, if you, if you constantly build up to something and everybody scales up at the same speed mm-hmm. and if, if every, if the threshold just keeps rising and rising and rising, eventually 
they ha- there has to be, if you're climbing, there has to be a crash as well. There has to be. Because you can't keep up that pace. You can't keep up the people's interest. Like, eventually they'll fall off. They have to. Who, 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 can you, can you, can you break that down for me? So, so let's say you have a, from what I'm understanding, you have a video that's like, so like maybe seven out of 10 for how good it is for like your, what, what you prefer. Right. Right. And then the next one's going to be eight out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And so if, you, if every video you watch is exactly what you want to watch yes. and is hitting all your buttons yes. and is amazing and incredible and fulfills mm-hmm. your needs, mm-hmm. how long before that gets stale? That's, who knows, man. Yeah, but that's... The, who knows? I don't know. Like, for me, like, I am far more acutely aware of... How, like my eyes and my brain like they're starting to hurt from my screen time mm-hmm. and you know that's perhaps just a symptom of my aging body but like it's it, my body's telling me like you shouldn't be looking at your phone for more for this amount of time every day or the, your laptop screen or whatever it is <sighs> yeah <laughs> it's good. It's so, going to be insane. And then eventually, the fi- yeah. eventually it's just going to be a contact or it's just going to be, you know, in Neuralink in your brain or something. Well, yeah, that's true. How long before um, all of this is just in us? And right. And, you're, and you're just not even a body anymore. And you just are just yeah. a pod. You have to like pay money so you don't see advertisements when you wake up on your eyeballs. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know, man. And only the the elite of the elite can tell you what, or can show you what they want to show you. They'll they'll know. They'll just run. They'll run the world, man. I mean, they already do. So no, I know. But th- right now, we have a little bit of uh, screwiness of like different opinions, and yeah. and it's like, oh, that's you know. But that's eventually, true. it's going to be just seamless or like that. yeah yeah 1984 like what, what yeah exactly yeah. i mean but yeah i don't know i agree i agree they're the things that people are working on improving will like, eventually improve. eventually there will never even be a prime minister it's just gonna be an image yeah or it's gonna be like oh you think if there's a prime minister you think that's someone who's doing that job doesn't even exist. Yeah. Eventually. I, I think that people still want to see their, the people in power in the flesh doing stuff. So in I the think flesh. Th- okay, but you think that people are seeing them in the flesh. Okay. This is the whole thing, right? You just don't know. You don't know if that's fake or real. To be, uh, That's fair. I've never laid eyes on Justin Trudeau. Exactly. Does he exist? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Uh, valid point. Valid point. Which is also such a weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this guy that lives in our heads rent-free. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely uh, lives in our heads rent-free. And I've never seen him. I've never met yeah. him. That's an interesting way of look, putting it. But he absolutely takes up so much of our thinking. And it, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I can't remember how many conversations I've had about the Prime Minister... Yeah. Good or bad. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a world that we can't. And I also think that there's also opportunity that there's that there's going to be right now, but it's really hard to know. What that I is. don't know. I still think, you know, looking at look at the farmers, right? There's still going to be a large amount of people that have to, you know, work outside and breathe fresh air every day so that we can keep the world going. Well, not until AI can recreate meat or in a lab or, and you can get food and you can just get a a feeding tube and. No, I don't think the, I don't think we're going to do that. Okay. People like food way too much. And this is not, with me saying this, I'm just spitting out like. I know, I know. Okay. This is not what I believe is going to be like. But it's a possibility. It's a possible right. future, absolutely. What's that movie, Wally? Wally, yeah. Right. Yeah, people. That movie is poignant. Right. It's a great kids movie, but it's also poignant. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And so many people use it as an example of like, hey, this could be us. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that is their life already. Yeah. Which is devastating. Well, I, I feel my iPhone like a black hole. Yeah. Like my kid will be sitting there. Right, so we'll have dinner. Boom, 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 boom. All, everything's all good. And I got home from work. I'm sorry, I got home from work. You know, had a shower. Boom. I'm having dinner. I still haven't had like my screen time, which I feel like is like a snack. You know, yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm Bites. just waiting for it. Yep. And uh, you know, my kid's sitting there, and she's just kind of like blabbing and having a good good time. And it's like my phone's sitting there, and then I just kind of drift over, and and I just. You know, we'll spend five, ten minutes, and it's like, oh, man, I'm such a... Like, I just... I know it's just ten minutes, but my kid's right there, right? Like, spend time with your kid. It's it's so difficult, like, to just be present and not have that thing just... Yeah. And, and it, I feel it. I feel it somewhere in my body when I'm missing it. Yeah. It's like I need to refuel, even though I don't feel good after I look at it. It's mm-hmm. like, do I feel better? Eh, not really. But man, it's like candy. It is. It is. That whole scrolling thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I see like doom scrolling is the new term for it, right? Doom scrolling, you know, just endlessly scrolling, 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 not even looking, which I'm guilty of for sure. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's, it's, it's not doom scrolling usually. It's, it, things are interesting. Yeah. Right. I'm, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm I'll scroll on Instagram. I'm like, oh, what's this? Okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. You know, there's an event going on. Right. Oh, that's right. awesome. Let mm-hmm. me just jot that down. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, or my friend's doing this, or this is happening. Awesome. Yeah. I want to be aware of these things. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of is is it's a lot of it is community involvement. Mm-hmm. That's not bad things. Right. Right. Like my. The things that I see are not bad things to see. It's not mm. endless memes or just content that just does not matter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who, who who am I to say what matters and what doesn't? But mm-hmm. what matters to me, right? Because mm-hmm. I've definitely scrolled up, you know, down Facebook, and it's just people posting random garbage. They're like, "Oh, does anyone <laughs> want this cat that I have?" And I'm like, "Why am I looking at this?" You know, and they're so good with the videos too, right? You're you just you're just scrolling, and then you like stop, and it just it just plays, right? Autoplay, mm. it just plays, just plays. 
two minutes later. What, yeah. what am I doing? Why yeah. am I watching this movie, this video, whatever? Oh. It's, okay. it's, it's wild. And I'm not saying when I'm looking at my phone, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Right? Yeah. Like some of it's very, you know, influential or... I've watched entire episodes of TV before I know what's going on. Because they've curated it that way, yeah. right? I go to my Facebook videos, and a lot of it is like cop dramas. So they're like, "Oh, Russell likes cop dramas, mm-hmm. right?" Or or doctor dramas, or whatever it is, and and they've and somebody somewhere has edited these shows, right, to take out all. So for most procedural shows on TV, you know, pick whatever show you want csi Uh, csi right csi miami because that was my favorite one okay so csi miami right there's two things that happen there's three things that happen in an episode one there's the a plot the main storyline the crime that happens in that episode two there's a there's a b story something that a couple other characters are doing that doesn't matter as much but there's, they have a different, smaller crime to work out, or there's another storyline going on. And then C, there's ongoing drama that carries out throughout the whole show, throughout the whole season. And then that is revealed, that issue is resolved at the end of the season, in the season finale, you know, yeah. somebody's a dirty cop, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They've taken that third section out. And sometimes they've taken the, the B story out as well. So it's just, they've edited the show to be... 20 minutes long. In the little clip? Yeah, in the little okay. clips. You know, 15, 20 minutes long where it's just the A plot. Okay. So it's just the, you know, mm. if you watch The Good Doctor, yeah. it's just the medical drama. I see. It's like, oh, this kid comes in with an, with an unknown illness. Mm-hmm. How do we solve it? Yeah. House is really good for that. Okay. House is really good for that. They had a, a, a kid where he... They brought a kid in, mm-hmm. and they had no idea what was wrong with the kid, as, as every, episode every episode of the house yeah. is. And, but people love it, and yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. You I know, the it, mystery, yeah. like, oh, how are they going to solve this? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then turns out he's allergic to the sun at the end. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, that's a real thing, apparently. You can be allergic yeah. to the sun. Yeah, it's dangerous. But I'm like, I figured it out. Ha- but the thing is that I figured it out halfway through, and the... the the creators of the show know that you figure it out halfway through, but they wait till the end of the show to reveal it. Mm. But anyways, that was a long thing. I like it. This is on Facebook or something? Where yeah, so just Facebook videos. Okay. You know, if you curate your yeah, thing long, sure. it's start, like Smosh videos. I really like Smosh videos. What's Smosh videos? It's like a popular YouTube channel where they do you know, like funny skits. They started off with like funny skits and stuff like that, but I didn't find their skits very funny. Mm-hmm. But then they did something called Try Not to Laugh. Mm-hmm. And it's basically somebody sits in a chair and then they they try and get you to laugh by doing something funny, right? Or outrageous. And the, the, that's the, that kind of keys into something that gets always gets me. Watching other people laugh makes you laugh. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If you see somebody else sneeze or yawn, mm-hmm. not, not sneeze, but if you, right, mm-hmm. if you see someone else yawn, mm-hmm. you want to yawn. Mm-hmm. If you see someone else cry... It makes you sad. It makes you want to cry. Mm-hmm. If you see someone else laugh, you want to laugh. So that is really potent. Enticing. It very enticing. When you're like, oh, this, I know for a fact if I watch this, it's going to make me laugh. I know that for a fact. Hmm. That's really powerful. And so you like that. 
Okay. Yeah. So just just noting that is really interesting. Wasn't wasn't Facebook sending you? Wasn't Rogan talking about this where he was sending you or he thought that Facebook was sending you stuff that was not like that that would a- aggravate you? Oh yeah, that that's probably true. I don't know. I mean, mine's pretty much curated now. It's I really got into those uh, like Reddit stories online, mm-hmm. but I would just watch the videos of like the AI voice just reading the story out or whatever. So that's those were those are that's a that was a tough habit to break. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I completely agree that Facebook would want to send you inflammatory stuff. Uh, not necessarily because they know it will s- spike you, but because it's emotion. They want to hit your emotions, right? Whether they want to make you laugh or cry or get angry or whatever it is, they want those. They want you to feel something when you're interacting with their content. I would doubt it's even that complex. Really? Yeah. I would love to see what their algorithm like if if there was such a like uh bulletproof or bullet point uh type you know this is the, these are the rules of the algorithm game because mm. i don't think it's that that uh complicated yeah you're probably right like I'm i, I honestly that. think that if you just click on something that has you know uh like dogs or whatever the next thing you're gonna get is dogs, is dogs. You're, you're yeah you're gonna get all some like love this cat video yeah, right. and the thing, the thing for, of that is that if you click on, if you watch a video about dogs, mm-hmm. okay, that was cool. The next video that they give you is going to be one of their most popular dog right. videos. Right. So that in itself is going to elicit emotion because the rest of the world, the rest of the internet has decided yeah. that that is a is mm-hmm. a good video mm-hmm. right so it's really cute puppies sure. and kittens doing really silly stuff mm-hmm. or whatever it is or it's a but popular I... speaker saying right. something really inflammatory that really got got yeah. your blood boiling because that's what everybody else watched and and liked and watched again and sent to their friends and shared mm-hmm. and it became viral so if you watch one video about from whoever and then the next one they're going to recommend to you is going to be their most popular video right so that i think is what it is right and i think that's not difficult to create no i guess not. i i think they could be i, I talked to i talked about this with a, a buddy of mine. i don't know if we talked about this but um i honestly think the youtube algorithms are trash okay like because if I open my YouTube today, it would just be, you know, uh, some, well, it'd be like some Joe Rogan clips. It'd be Andrew Huberman. Like it would just be clips of things that I follow. Mm-hmm. And also, um, like it, it would all be things that I've seen before, but just more of them. Yes. Right. My, I think a better algorithm would be like the one time I put in, like I was putting in garage shelving in my garage. Okay. I, was, I want to do a DIY on garage shelving. So I type that in, boom, 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 watch a video. And uh, the next time I refresh my YouTube feed, 
I had another DIY of different shelving in a garage. Right. And I'm like, not helpful. That doesn't help you because you already solved your problem. There you go. What it should be thinking is, oh, you need, you're doing a DIY in your house. How about, what if, what if we do like DIY in like another area of your house? What if it would be like your kitchen? Or what if it would be like, oh, what if it would understand that uh, if I put in new house, oh, you have a new house. Do you need to know how to like, what if, uh, do you need to know how to paint? Or do you need to know how to uh, furnish properly? Right. Right. Like, yeah, here's a, a video on home decor. There you go. Here's a video on, uh, you know, how installing to properly, lights. how to properly um, stack, like how to actually properly use your shelving. Right. Yeah. Like it, it could be recondo s- stuff. Yes. It could yeah. be so much better. Like the fact that I, I'll, I'll, I'll honestly won't even like, I'll, I'll go to the main feed and I'll maybe click maybe one video and then I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm not, the fact that there's like million, maybe billions, millions of videos on YouTube and I'm not like chomping at the bit and wa- trying to watch the next one. Like it's a failure of the algorithm. It's a failure. Yeah. It's completely, it, it sucks. Like so, so many times I'm like, I don't want to see any of this. Yeah. Like, not interested. I'm not interested in another Rogan clip. I, I listen to Rogan, like, on a fairly regular basis. I listen to whatever. I don't need to know. I don't need. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, if you, if you try, if I, if you put in uh, how to install a headlight on your car, mm-hmm. right? Or it's not a headlight, but like a bulb. Yeah. It's, it's going to give you five give more you videos. Five more videos on, on the same thing. Yeah. No. It should understand what car that is. And it's like, okay, did you know that you need this for your car as well? Yeah. Like, none of that. Like. Yeah. I was thinking that exact example, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was just watching a video about how to change brake calipers on a truck. Okay. And then I'm thinking, well, the next video that should be recommended to me is a video of that exact model of vehicle saying, hey, here are the top 10 things you should know about this vehicle. There you go. And here are the, here's a list of the things that are most often replaced. Mm-hmm. And he, and then links, and then more videos right. from there be like, oh, you don't know how to replace that? Let me, mm-hmm. here's a video. Yeah. Could you That's imagine, what it should be. Could you imagine like hidden secrets about 2020, whatever your yeah. vehicle is? Click that 100% of the time. Absolutely. 100% of the time. Yeah. Did you know that you could remove this and you'd have better gas? Like, I would click on those. Hundred percent, absolutely. Time. Yes, but you'll never find that video. That one simple trick, yeah, or whatever those ads exactly. are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, that's a better algorithm. A way better algorithm. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. It's valid. It's valid. Yeah. I guess there's just the majority of people are willing to just wade through video after video. Well, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I think people are just used to. This is just the way it is for them. Yeah. They don't. They don't. I don't. Know, I have a different approach to. Like I always, I always think that things can be better than what they are. But. Well, I mean, that's a nice way of looking at the world. If you accept yeah. what you accept, if you accept that nothing will get better, then it won't ever get better. I wasn't always like that. It just that changed when it once I saw someone else do that <laughs> ironically in my neighborhood ah. yeah this individual thought like that and it yeah it shocked me I'm like oh wow I never thought of that and I thought this 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 whole thing was running well and then it he came in and changed it all 
and I thought, oh, that sucks. And all of a sudden, I saw how it ran so much better, and I'm yeah. like, mind blown. Yeah. Like, this has been running for this for like 20 years, and now you changed it? Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. I had this, uh, a couple points on that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. They, like, there's always ways to innovate. And mm-hmm. my grandmother to- tells this great story because she, when she lived, when she was young, that they, they moved to, uh, like, North Alberta. And they had nothing. They were farming on... From like, where, like, North Netherlands? From Holland, okay. basically. They moved to Alberta, mm-hmm. and they had nothing. Mm-hmm. And her father, my great-grandfather, figured out how to make the first shower. Really? Yeah. And he's oh. like... So everyone else just, you know, had buckets of water, and they just scrubbed had themselves. A bath, yeah. And he rigged up how to make a shower. Hmm. You know, he, the, it wasn't a shower like today. No, I get, I got But, you. yeah. He's like... And everyone thought that was amazing. And it's hmm. it is the first shower. Nobody had seen a shower before. Right. And he's like, well, it just makes more sense for the water to come from above. Was there no showers in Holland? Like, or was this like a, he was the first one to... Yeah, like, basically, you know, it wasn't much any more modern than... Like, you come from Holland. They didn't really have much in Holland, and then you mm-hmm. came here and... No, but I'm trying to say, were there showers in, in Europe at the time? Not really. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. It's but interesting. I mean, everybody Sorry, that's came beside from the point. Everybody came from the same place. Yeah, I know. So. I got you. That's yeah. But he was like he was the only one that figured out, "Hey, like let's build a shower mm-hmm. and then we can wash ourselves way better." Okay. Anyways. So mm-hmm. there's absolutely just because some everyone does it a certain way doesn't mean that it's the right way. Yeah. I had this teacher in high school and he thought that and his theory was that there are some things that have reached their evolutionary end. Oh boy! Not not like people or no, or no, I get creatures, you. No, but, I, yeah. But like he, his example was the the hand razor, like Gillette or whatever, okay. right? Like, there's nothing else you can do to this thing to make it better. And I, I was like, I kind of believed it at the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. And then they came out with like. The four blade or whatever. Yeah, four blade, and then they put like a ball in the middle, sure. so it like has more curvature. I'm like, well, obviously yeah. it's better. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually there's gonna be like a little robot that kind of like shaves for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever buy that, but uh, yeah, scary. But yeah, just having that thing of transformers, like right? Yeah. Honestly, I think it'll just be laser. Ah. Like they'll just like like laser it off. Yeah. But, uh, It'd be nice if there was like a. I always thought about it with a, instead of a toothbrush, you just mm. like put something like a contraption in your mouth, but it has a mold, and you're just like it's just. I think that's. I've thought about that as well. <laughs> so you're not the only one that thinks okay, that. Good. Like brushing good. your teeth is a thing of the past. Right. We miss spots, and we. Like you're you telling know. me that there's not a better way than taking a. A, a tool of the Neanderthals, <laughs> you know, a brush, and you just what the most efficient way is uh, to just scrub it off with manual scrubbing. Yes. that's ridiculous. Yeah, and yes, I know that there are electric toothbrushes mm-hmm. out there that make it easier, but I, a lot of dentists say that they're not as good either. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. like they don't. You don't get like the right movement. Or oh, whatever. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a dentist. And I'm not going to go see my dentist anytime soon. 
Um, Unless they want to come on the podcast. That'd be great. Actually, my dentist retired a little while ago. There you go. Hit him up. So I got to get a new dentist. Um, in five years, one of my gums will start bleeding. It's that's hilarious, though, that you bring that up. No, because... We have never changed the the cleaning of our teeth. No. It, it's uh, great. Like, we've changed the product, and we've changed, like, the shape. Like, how... In essence, I mean, looking at the first toothbrush ever and looking at the toothbrush now, taking away, like, electric toothbrushes, mm. it's the same thing. Pretty much. Like, a toothbrush that I can buy at the store now is basically the same toothbrush I could buy 20 years ago. I wonder when we started brushing our teeth. Uh, like, 1800s. Okay. Because I watched that movie, um... Uh, the brothers, the sisters brothers, oh, uh, it's yeah. a Western with, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix and, uh, the guy that is all in all those Will Ferrell movies. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Pe- people who saw the movie know who we I'm need these about. two guys here to, yeah. Yeah. Um, Danny McBride. No, I think, I think okay. that's his name. Anyways. So that. That came up. So yeah, so in the in the movie then he he like has a crush on a girl, so he goes to the store, the general store, and they're like, Oh, how can I impress this girl? He's like, Oh, you should try brushing your teeth. It's this newfangled thing. Hmm. It's like you scrub this like charcoal powder on your teeth and then you rub it with a brush. He's like, hmm. Well, that's the dumbest thing ever. And then he tries it. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And his teeth are all black or something. Yeah, it was yeah, a funny yeah. movie. Yeah. But uh yeah, it wasn't so that-, that recent of an invention. Like 200 years, I would say. Hmm. On, on a very vague... But people br- probably didn't need to brush their teeth. See, that's what I'm wondering about. Hmm. Because when did our when did the food we eat and the drink we drink yeah. become so potent that it breaks our teeth down? Oh, man. That's the, what, the Industrial Revolution? Yeah. Probably? I assume so. Like, yeah. increase of agriculture, we start bringing other foods that we... Yeah. From other places in the world here... So, and then of course the, the processing capability, mm-hmm. right? Processed sugars, sure. processed fats, processed salt, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Naturally occurring levels of sugar should not break your teeth down. Right. Yeah. And people, if they got something stuck in their teeth, they probably just grab a stick or something. And, yeah. yeah. Or you just leave it, right? Or you just leave it. Like, you let it break down on its own. But, I, again, I don't know. I'm not a dental expert. I don't, I'm not a historical dental expert. I Please fact check me, whoever's listening to this. Google when dentistry, when toothbrushes were invented. Because uh, I'm absolutely guessing on this. Um, you sound pretty confident. You watched a Western. You I watched a Western, <laughs> which is a fictional story. <laughs> and uh, that's when they invented uh, toothbrushes. So that's when it must be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what was, I forgot what I was, my point was about toothbrushes. But, oh yeah, because well, the, the, the idea that thinking that something cannot be improved mm-hmm. is a faulty way of thinking. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was just, they, I was just reading, uh, one of Ryan Holiday's books today and he said basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you think that you can't do any better, then you won't do any better. Yeah. 
but if you are always going to push yourself and always do what ex- do a little bit more, then you will always do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So it's just up to you. Yeah. Did you ever read those books? Nope. Oh, man. They're... I mean, this is my first one. I'm almost done. But, okay. Uh, it's pretty good. Audiobook, I should say. Yeah. I finally jumped on the audiobook train. You weren't on it before? I, I mean, I was on the podcast train for ages. Yeah. I still am. Mm-hmm. I've taken a, a step back from podcast listening to uh, start do more audiobooks. But okay. I got the Libby app from the library, mm-hmm. which is amazing. <clears throat> you want to explain that? I know uh, what it is, but... I just... Yeah, I mean, it's the public library's uh, online app. You download the app, and then you just type your library card in, and then you can download audiobooks for all... Like, there's, like, tens of thousands of books on there. Mm-hmm. And so you can either read ebooks or you can listen to audiobooks. Um, I find that like the list of books that I have in my list, they're like, oh, I want to read this book. They're not all there, but yeah. that's understandable. But they come back, right? Yeah. 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 Like some are just not in the system. Oh, really? But, okay. Um, oh, never mind. And then some are like incredibly long wait lists. Like yeah. I wanted to get Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. And because everyone talks about Atomic Habits. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll get Atomic Habits. And then it's like a three-month wait or something like okay. that. So I'm like, well, I'll put a I'll put a hold on it. Sure. And then in three months, I'll read it or whatever um, it Have you checked out Peter Atiyah's new book? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. No. I, There's probably a long wait list on that one, too. Probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting with kind of some lighter stuff. Yeah. Because I kind of went like all in right away. I'm like, oh, I want this book and that book and that book and that book. So mm-hmm. I did a bunch of audiobooks. And okay. then it's like, oh, it's like going to be a two week wait or it's a three week wait. Mm-hmm. And then it like speeds up. Okay. And then some somebody passes on it. And then you get it like two weeks early. And you're right. like, oh, I'm only like an hour into this like 20 hour book. And now I have another like six hour book I have to read in like mm-hmm. a week. So hmm. I'm kind of in that predicament now where I'm like, I have too many audiobooks. Yeah. Um, how do you find listening to them? Like, I'll share my opinion first. Sure. Uh, and you can, you can, um, uh, I found with podcasts, I could, I could, I could work while listening to them a lot easier than an audiobook. simply because an audiobook is so well curated that there's very little, I don't know, like empty words, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, you can easily get, like, oh, well, I missed that part or this or that. Well, what do you think? Uh, basically the same. Um, mm-hmm. I used, I tried, like, I've tried listening to audiobooks in the past. Mm-hmm. And I made the mistake of choosing, like, classic literature books where it's heady wording mm-hmm. and you have to really pay attention to the wording. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're lost. Yeah. So I would have, to, so if I'm at work and then I get distracted for a second, Yeah, I'm lost. Like, the right. book has moved on without me. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I, I'm I'm foolish, and I just let it run. And of course, yeah. And then yeah. it's like half an hour later, I'm like, I, I've i been listening to this for half an hour. I don't know right. what's going on. Right. <laughs> so I end up just, like, quitting the book because... Right. But that was my own fault because I chose, like, really strongly worded books, really heady vocabulary you know old english a lot of stuff like that Mm. so it's like oh i really like i have to see it or i have to really pay attention to understand what's going on so that's why i kind of it turned me off to audiobooks for a while 
but now I've I've I'm reticent of that, so I chose books that I can kind of listen to a little bit more freely, um, a little bit more relaxed. So you know, I I think I have in my queue list uh, like a Stephen King book and uh, a James Harriet book, and I just finished Nick Offerman's book, uh, Paddle Your Own Canoe, which I think you might enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. Okay. Basically, Nick Offerman wrote a book that basically touches on almost all the things that I would write a book about because they're facets, they're already facets in my life. So it was very interesting to read through that. I'm like, oh, I pretty much agree with everything this guy is saying. Hmm. Um, so that was interesting. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, like if I miss a, a minute or two, it's like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not a, it's not huge. Like a, a story type. Yeah. A more narrative form. Narrative. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier. If it's heavier, like something like Atomic Habits. Oh man. Or something like Peter Atiyah. I'm sure Peter Atiyah's book is just really heavy with data and, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. It's it, too much. Yeah. I, you'd have to sit, sit down and read it. Yeah. Um, I listened to Atomic Habits. Okay. Um, it was a long time ago. I think I got a lot out of it. And I was able like to actually work and listen to it. Mm. It's pretty good. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah, like for for me the 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 figuring that out was with this book I'm reading now. Okay. Discipline is destiny from Ryan Holiday. He's like the stoic guy. Okay. Which stoic guy? Just the, like, like stoic. the daily he does the daily stoic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you probably, you know him if you saw him or heard, mm-hmm. him, heard his voice. I've definitely heard the name. Yeah, sure. he yeah. was on Rogan a while back. Okay. Um, but he's, I re- I follow him, like, not religiously, but I mm-hmm. I follow a lot of what he does. I, I follow everything he does. Mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to read his books. What makes and, him so special? Well, the... Sto- Stoic philosophy is basically the only, one of the only real forms of philosophy philosophy that i've found that actually can translate to modern life um because some of it is like okay this doesn't matter you know but some but stoic philosophy is just it can really have an impact on your life and it's not necessarily because they have secrets that nobody else has but it's they set it up in a way that makes sense and they give really good examples of 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 historical people that brought that exhibited stoic traits and were very successful because of that you know it's being disciplined it's being courageous it's being uh what are the four uh oh man that's bad i should know these anyways just everything that you want to be as a person usually is reflected in stoic philosophy okay I'm surprised that you haven't read up on that. No. Oh, man, that's good stuff. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So a really good juxtaposition that he uses in his book uh, is Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Both incredibly successful baseball players. They were on the same team. They had basically the same life, give or take. They did the same thing. They became famous for the same reasons. But... You know, Lou Gehrig was incredibly disciplined. He was, you know, he never, he didn't smoke, he didn't drink, he didn't do anything like that. He, you know, he played 
2,100 games in a row. Uh, he, like, was very frugal. You know, he put his family first. He was just, he was more disciplined. And that pushed him to be a way better man of character than than Babe Ruth, who was on the same team at the same time, but he would just spend money like water. He, like, put on a ton of weight. Like, he failed himself hmm. in his career because he could have been better, but he chose to just let it go. It's, it's weird because Babe Ruth is the only name I recognize. Exactly. Why is that? Because he's... Like, character? Like, not... I, the other, uh, what's the other guy's name? Bobby? Lou Gehrig. Lou, Lou, Lou Gehrig. Gehrig, yeah. Very famous for Lou he, Gehrig's disease. Oh, really? Yeah. He had that? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, it, which is ALS. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah. you. Yeah. So, and then it, ALS wasn't really known that well until Lou Gehrig got it. And then they called it Lou Gehrig's disease. And then ALS became way more of a household name. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So, but why... Why do I recognize Babe Ruth's name? That's a good question. I think he had better numbers, um, but I think he was just more of a character. Okay. Yeah, I think people, like, saw him and they were... Right, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was the home run king. He was... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't know a ton about Babe Ruth, to be honest. I don't know a lot about baseball in general. (laughs) Like, that, I learned more in his book than I knew before. Okay. But I thought that was just a really interesting juxtaposition. We should. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's another funny thought. Is like try talk about as much as you can, like about as, <laughs> about baseball as we can, mm-hmm. without knowing anything about. It. <laughs> I could I could do a convi- to the untrained uh, eye to no, the untrained just, ear. I we should do, do something like a little less. Like uh, we should try to like. I don't know. Uh, like, what do we not know anything about? Um, so many things. I don't know anything about anything, man. Yeah. The as your island of of knowledge grows, your the ocean of unknowing grows as well. Something like that. I think it's the more you realize you, or the the more the more the more you know the more the. The more you know that you don't know, the, the I know there's a saying. There about is a that. saying. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. You Once you know, know that you don't know a lot about, I think it's the knowing. smartest man realizes that he doesn't know anything about most things. That's fair. We'll just we'll go with that because that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild. Um, because there's some people that can just, they have gift of the gab, they can just talk about yeah. something that they know nothing I about. I think I could do a pretty good job. Yeah. Like, I could I could make a convincing argument. Like, because I do, I do it all the time. Like, somebody's talking about sports, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- did you right. see the game? Like, this and with the thing? Mm-hmm. And just like it's just, like, really, like, random bits of information I've picked up. Right. I don't even know what that means. That's because like, you read the newspaper. Well, yeah. Yeah. People should read the newspaper. Hmm. Yeah. You get a newspaper, mm-hmm. turn to the back page. Yeah. It tells you the score of whatever the biggest game was that day mm-hmm. or the day before or that week, whatever. Yeah. There you go. Oh, hey, did you see that 
2-1 lead on that. Oh, they went into OT. Did you? Wasn't that crazy? Like, oh, man, I didn't know you liked hockey. That's crazy. Let me tell you about this thing. Boom. Boom. Friends. Friends. I remember you forever. Yep. Yeah. And then you got to, like, double down and be like, the next day you got to go and be like, hey, I got you this signed hockey oh, jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dang. Or like, hey, check out this article. You know, not as big of a deal as mm-hmm. that signed hockey. Do you have any of these books signed? Uh, ooh, um, I have one from uh, from uh, Rilo Kin. He was on the podcast a little while ago. Okay, and he, I've got a signed copy of his book. Oh, that's um, cool. I don't. His first name is Rilo. Yeah, it, it's not his real name. Oh. It's his pen name. That's really cool. Pen name. I have no idea what his real name is. How do you spell Rilo? R-Y-L-O. Nice. Yeah, K-I-N-N. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's... he's. I just actually started his book uh, today. Oh, neat. Yeah. It's a, it's a thick book. Okay. It's like a dark fantasy type deal, like Game of Thrones mm. style. So it's... it's They're supposed to be thick. But it's actually surprising because I opened it and I'm like, oh, this is going to take forever. I better get started. And then there's actually not that many words on a page. Okay. So I'm I'm burning through it quicker than I expected. Okay. Which is great. Um, yeah, great book. Mm. He's a fellow, right? Like, he, he's from around here? Yeah, he's from Abbotsford. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw him at uh, Luz a little while ago. Oh. Yep. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of... Uh, advertising for his book as well he does a lot of like podcasts and stuff like that oh cool yeah book signings hmm. he goes all over the Fraser Valley and signs books at like Coles and chapters and hmm. yeah great guy that's his pen name that's his pen name yeah what's pen like is it a so the name that you as an author use oh okay so like a pen is what you're holding okay. yeah yeah so it's oh, a lot of a pseudonym right it's a if you don't want to use your real name then they'll just mm-hmm. just make up a name What's your, who's your favorite author? <laughs> My favorite author? That's a wild question. I, that depends on the day, man. Okay. Um, yesterday. Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. Was yeah. Okay, so Ryan Holiday. Okay. Ryan Holiday was my favorite yesterday. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. I'm almost done. I'm like 72% of the way done. So. Hmm. Which book have you, have you read the most? Which, uh, I don't think I've ever read a book more than once. Okay. So I can't answer that. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, Gordon Corman was my favorite writer. Um, if you were talking to a 13-year-old, which book would you recommend? If I was talking to a 13-year-old, which book would I recommend? Um, uh, that's a good question. What is a what should a thirteen year old be reading? Uh, fantasy books. Kids love fantasy books. Yeah, read a bunch of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, read uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Uh, read uh, C.S. Lewis. Read Tolkien. Read. Um, yeah, I mean, that's right in the part where you're like, okay. You can start, it depends on your reading level, but you can start to really get into like the classics, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, read as many of the classics as you can, for sure. I heard once that you should, every like one in four books you read should be one of the classics. So I try mm-hmm. and do that, but sometimes I'm just feeling lazy and I don't. But uh, how many books do you read in a week? 
Uh, depends on the size of the book, but um, do you read every day? Yeah, every day. Oh wow. Yeah, it's usually what helps me go to sleep. Oh wow. Yeah. You have a problem going to sleep? Not really, mm-hmm. but I just know that like if I'm kind of like whatever agitated, you know, ten thirty at night, I'm like, oh, I should be sleeping by now. I just like pull out the book, read like two three pages. My brain's like, oh man, okay, let's go sleep okay. time. Okay. Yeah, I've got a book from. Uh, John Cleese's autobiography, and it's thick. Uh, do you know John Cleese? No. Uh, the Monty Python guy, the tall one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the funny one. Mm-hmm. So he's did an autobiography uh, called uh, So Anyways, and uh, there's some funny parts in it, but to be honest, the majority of it is pretty dry, <laughs> um, and it's long. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's perfect for putting me okay. to sleep. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would recommend it to everyone, but uh, it's taken me. I started it last year, and I haven't oh, finished wow. it because it's. It, yeah. I read like four pages right. maybe, and I fall asleep. Okay. And it's like a four or five hundred page book, so. Hmm. So it's taken me a while to get through it, but that's that's strictly that the purpose of that book. That's why it's there. Yeah. It's to I read three or four pages and my brain's like, I don't wanna I don't want you to read anymore. I want you to go to sleep. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean I read at certain times of the day for certain reasons, right? If mm-hmm. if I read the, the something that I read right away in the morning, that's what I want to absorb the most. Hmm. Right? And then I'll read like the the Rilo Kin book, uh, you know, after lunch or, you know, in the early evening. Because I'm like, oh, I just want to enjoy this. Hmm. But uh, so you, you've always been reading, like yeah, I've read my whole life. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's it was just always something that stuck with me. I read a lot as a kid, and then I kind of put it off to the side a little bit. But uh, I've always, I for the majority of my life, I've usually always just had a book on the go, hmm. no matter how long it takes me to read it. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I wish I was like that. I wish you were like that too. Yeah. Do you not read? No. I, I try. Like I am working through. I got uh, Peter Atia's book from for Christmas. Like a physical copy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, like I've been through like Jordan Peterson's books. Yeah. Um, uh, they say the best books to or re- breathe or whatever. Breath. Breath or breathe by James Nestor. Okay. Um, What's that about? Just breath. Uh, oh, just like breath work and how it changes. Yeah, it. just like different. It's all about breath. Um, I got my Wim Hof. I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah, to recommend. It, <laughs> no, it. I didn't. I didn't grow up reading. So interesting. F- for me, it, I didn't do well in school. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I'm forced to. Whenever I have a book in front of me, it's, it's just a negative. I just think, okay, how fast, like, how far do I have to go? Till I'm uh, it's a project to me. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I can't get that out of my head of like, okay, it's something at the beginning. To, yeah. This is going to take me forever. You're going to check it off your list. Yeah. It's something yeah. to check off your list. Yeah. I felt that for sure. Okay. I absolutely know that feeling mm-hmm. because sometimes, a lot of times, like, I'm very much task-oriented, right? Like, if I start something, whether it's even something as simple as a television show or a movie mm-hmm. or a book or uh, 
whatever, the texting conversation. I'm like, okay, this is something I'm doing and I'm already looking to when I'm done. I'm like, hey, when can I check this off my list? I'm like, okay, I'm done. So, and it's, I think it's really dangerous to look at a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. You know, because you have to be task oriented, but you also want to enjoy something for what it is. And if you're not enjoying it for what it is, then you probably shouldn't even be doing it. Mm. Or you need to do some self-reflection. That's what I have to do. Yeah. I have to try to get that out of my head. I just, I it's just, tough. I just think book, I think work. I think yeah. it's something that I don't want to do. I struggle with that yeah. as well. Yeah. No, but obviously, you, but you dive into books. You, you, you know, you're... Yeah, I'm happy read to read. all the time. I'm happy to read. I mean, depending on the book, like, I'm absolutely in my happy place sometimes. But as soon as my brain decides that this isn't something I want to do, then it becomes a chore, and then it's just not fun anymore. So I have to get that out of my head. That's the game. That's your advice to me. Like, how do I... Because I'm mm. trying to work through it. I was like, yeah, just like, how can I just... I've tried different things. Like, just try read a, a chapter and just okay. go from there. Right. You know? And generally that seems to work, but just picking up the bloody book, it's like, eh, it's like a book... Or Twitter, you know, what do I want? What do I want yeah, to that's tough. I mean, um, the best advice I can give is just do it right away. Yeah. Like, wake up, whatever, if that's something you're struggling with, do it right away. Okay. You know, if, if you have to wake up 10 minutes earlier so that you can read five pages, do it. Yeah, I should, I should do that. Because if you wait till it, you know, you've done everything else in your day, you put your kid to sleep at 7, 10... Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe I should read some of a page out of that book. Yeah. You're not gonna. And you're not gonna absorb it. Um with how much you read mm. to just conversation in a loop, mm-hmm. that's probably why you have good memory of people. Think so? Yeah. It might maybe. be a factor. Yeah. It's, it's maybe a stretch. But I do It probably helps. It probably helps. Yeah, because, like, I can remember, you know, characters from books from ages ago. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I am trying to be more intentional about what I consume now. So if I, like, take this Ryan Holiday book that I'm reading, Discipline is Destiny. Um, it's basically, it's just a book of, like, hey, this is how you should do stuff. Which is amazing advice. But I'm, you know, almost done the book, and like I didn't write any of this down, you know. Am I? I'm, I'm hopefully gonna take this knowledge and use it for something. But yeah. there's no guarantee. And in a couple of weeks, I'll pretty much forget most of the book. But there's some things like the Luke Gehrig stuff that'll stick with me. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, but I guess what I'm saying is. Be intentional and take time to, if there's something that you want to remember, write it down. Just write it down. Because I I couldn't tell you how many books, how many seminars I've been to, how many talks I've heard, how many, uh, I mean, even sermons I've heard where somebody says some little nugget out of a, a, a half hour speech and they're like, okay, this is the actual, the only thing that I want you to remember. Cause so many speakers are like, Hey, if you only get one thing out of my talk today, 
you know, welcome to my TED Talk. If you only get one thing out of this TED Talk, this is what you should remember. I'm like, oh, okay. Write that down. Write it down. One of my high school teachers, right away, beginning of the school year, he's like, anybody who sits in my class and just, like, strokes his chin and he's like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and he's not writing everything down, mm-hmm. you're wasting your time. Because you're not going to remember it in five weeks. You're just not going to. Your brain's going to move on. So that's what I'm working on now. It's just everything that is useful, everything that I think about, just write it down. Hmm. Because at least you have a record. If you never look at it again, sure. But even the act of writing something down, you remember it better. You do, yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. <sighs> But you might be onto something with the uh, the book thing. What book thing? Like, the more you read, the more you you spread your memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably a thing. I'm sure there's science behind that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I think that you've exercised your brain in a different way than I've exercised mine. Probably. Right? And I... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, that's all. It's like, oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many that... ways you can train your brain, right? Yeah. I just started playing chess not too long ago. And mm. that's... A game changer too. Do you play online? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Ch- I have the chess app. Yeah. Yeah. What's your rank? Low. Low. <laughs> you like, want to leave it at that? Less than five hundred, I would say. Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at chess by any me any stretch of the imagination, but I have a couple people that were basically the same, and so it it pushes us. It's really good. Like okay. I have a, a a good buddy, and he. He beat me. He just crushed me for the longest time. He's like, he was a little bit better. So he's like, yeah, he just kept beating me. But now we're like on even footing. Cool. So, yeah. But never stop learning about that too, right? Like, if you think that you've mastered chess and you're like, you're as good as you're going to be. Because I thought that for a while. I'm like, Hmm. I don't want to learn anymore. Like, I know how the game works. Like, I can play a basic game. No, it's like, there's lessons for a reason. Like, keep learning more. Hmm. Because... It's that is a lifelong pursuit if you want it to be, but I don't want it to be. I just want to know. I just want to get the value out of it that I can. What's what do you think the value is? Uh, memory, strategic thinking, um, knowing your opponent, uh, improvisation, a um, couple other hmm, things. That's cool. Yeah, there's a reason it's the most popular game in the world. Learn it. Good point. I should learn it. Yeah. I was thinking about moving on to, uh, uh, what's the... Backgammon? No, backgammon just doesn't interest me at all. Okay. Uh, what's the, the, the Chinese one? Checkers? Um, no, it's not Chinese checkers. <laughs> um, although checkers is, is having a, a, a comeback now. Uh, oh. It's getting bigger. Is it Go? Go, yeah. Yeah, yeah Go, I'm thinking about playing, but, uh. I downloaded a Go app, and then I'm trying to learn the rules, but it's confusing to start. Just like any, just like chess. When I started learning chess, like for like, you know, 27 of my years of being on Earth, I'm like, oh, I don't know how chess works. I, I, all I knew was that the, the horsey did the L. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds like a thing. And then I started learning, and I'm like, oh, yeah, other things do other things, and there's strategy involved, and yeah. I didn't. I wouldn't say I fell in love with it, but I definitely appreciate it. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Is there is there something that you do? Nope. That you kind of train your brain at all? 
train my brain. Well, like, uh, is there something that you do on a regular basis that you feel is helping you improve? I know you do, like, your 10 push-up challenge. Are you still doing that? Well, I did 50 push-ups a day. 50 push-ups a day, okay. Yeah. Um, You still doing that? No, I didn't. I didn't reach a year. I wanted to reach a year. I didn't do it. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I failed. Let everyone know I did not... Did not do it. Um, I mean, you didn't fail. You just took a break. You can start tomorrow. I guess. Yeah, I could start tomorrow. I did like eight months. Wow, yeah. that's solid. So that's something. Um, and then I forgot one time. I think we were moving or something like that. Oh yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was a chaotic time and life gets in the way. Because there'd be times when I'd be I would get to bed and I would, just before I'd, I'd be asleep, I shoot, I got to do my push-ups. So I'd get out of bed and I'd do my push-ups. Yeah. And then I jump back in bed. That's strong discipline. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. But if you're going on for like, you know, 150 days straight, you're like, I gotta do it. And then one time I just didn't wake up. So that sucked. It's going to happen to all of us. But yeah, no, um, on a regular bit, like, no, I've, I've been kind of crappy to myself lately. Ah, um, that's fair. Yeah, it's okay. I, have, I haven't been, uh, like I was doing cold showers before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was... I was a pretty solid human back in the day, and not three months ago. Yeah, not right now. No, it's um, having a kid kind of. That's a thing. It's a bit of an excuse. It is. I can still do push-ups and cold showers and. You can do push-ups with the kid on you. I should do that. Yeah. Um, Like a kangaroo. I don't know if that's safe or not. Actually, maybe not. Like a kangaroo or something. I don't know if you have like quite the broad enough shoulders for that. I have really broad shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this wild thing. Uh, it was on Diary of a CEO podcast. Great podcast. Oh, isn't it? So good. I got turned on to that one a while back, and it like the people they have on are just great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one with Arthur Brooks, and he's like the happiness guru. Okay. He's like from Harvard. He likes his studied happiness for years. Check him out. He's amazing. Um, but um, I listened to a different guy, and he I think it was a girl actually, and she was saying that there's a a golden ratio that men and women are attracted to physically and it's basically a measurement of the shoulder length and the width and the width and the waist width and if that's like if your waist is 30 is what was it for men it's your shoulders have to be double your waist I'm, the numbers are all wrong on this. Absolutely. <laughs> but basically, like, there's a ratio, your waist size to your shoulder okay. size. Okay. And that's what, evolutionarily, women are attracted to. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so for it's men, not, it's, it's like, not necessarily height, then? It's Height plays a role, for sure. Okay. But, like, there's just a, a ratio. Like, there's so many yeah, other yeah, factors yeah. that go into attraction. Sure. But this is like the golden ratio of like if your shoulders are x compared to your waist of x it's you're more Mm. likely to be seen of as attractive oh wow yeah i thought that was really interesting and for women it's waist size to like leg length or something like that Hmm. yeah i've heard that uh most women have like on their profiles for dating apps that they prefer a man over six feet Oh, yeah. That's right? so common. So common. Only 14% of men in the United States are over six feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just saw I saw a little... It's crazy, right? It's so crazy. It's crazy. And yeah. I saw a video on that the other day. It's uh, 
uh, basically a guy and a, a guy and a girl talking. They're like, and the, okay, so the girl says, okay, this is what I want. I want someone over six feet. I want, uh, uh, you know, they want, they have to make at least X amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be, ah, oh man, I'm, I'm screwing this up because it was like a couple other things mm-hmm. and this is what I want in a man. And they're like, okay, how many people, how much, what's the percentage of people of men you think are that? And they're like, oh, it's gotta be like, you know, 20 or 30 or percent or whatever. It's like, it's less than one. Wow. Less than 1% of the men out there are actually hit all of your criteria, hmm. which is crazy. So it's tough. It's tough for us out there, man. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> well, and at the same time, like I'm speaking from a place of privilege yeah, because you're I'm like, like, you're like six, three, I'm yeah. Six, three, you know, I, I live alone. Right? I have a steady job and a steady income and it's like, you have a like podcast. You've, you've already stepped over like a ton of barriers mm-hmm. that other other people in the dating world like are struggling me. with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if podcasting is a pro or a con, but uh, mm. but yeah. So it. I don't know if I've ever like felt that, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard. To Next walk, time it's hard you to walk into a room. You can feel a little bit better about yourself. No, don't say, don't okay. say, don't tell me that. That's gonna go right to my head. My ego is like, uh, you're like, I'm one percent. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. All right, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Is that it? You want to wrap it? Again? I don't know. What, 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 what time is it? <laughs> it's been about two hours. Okay. Well, whatever. I'll go toll whenever you want. To. <laughs> um, I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, uh. Anyway, is there anything else? So you failed on your your push up challenge. Yeah. You're not doing any. You're not doing your cold showers. No. Nope. Uh, and you blame it all on your kid. No. Well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Gotta blame it on someone. Um, what I, would it take for you to get back on track? Like, do you need motivation? Do you need inspiration? Do you need discipline? What is it that you need? You need accountability? Hmm. I think I just need, uh, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, because you could be doing it, but you're not. So what's holding you back? I think time, honestly. Like, mm. I, I honestly, I don't have... It's such a cliche thing to say, but it's... Before you have a kid, I had more time, more downtime to really, A, be lazy. Yeah. And kind of just think about myself more often. Now I'm my attentions to another being and mm. second I have way less time just to do nothing and when I do that when I have that time to do nothing I relish it it's like oh I can sit here and I can just scroll yeah. right and um, yeah so I, I don't know what what could 
Hmm. Like, I would say competition probably drives me the most. Mm. Right? Like, but I don't really have that competitive edge right now with someone. I think I did before. I don't so, know. So accountability, would you say? Like, if you had, if you wanted Maybe. to start your push-up challenge again, and you, you would rather have someone do it with you, and then, like, either they'd be a cheerleader for you, well, or they'd be a, a, an opponent. I was like, hey, tra- I'm going to beat you. Yeah, I was trying to practice. It kind of ties into another thing in life, but I was trying to do things without telling people. Oh, yeah, that's key. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Because I was always that I was always that guy where like I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and, and then you don't do it's it. Just, it's just like yeah. no one likes that guy. I've done the same thing. Yeah, like I don't can't I can't remember how many times I've I've like thought about starting a project and then talked to somebody about yeah. it, and I'm like I'm gonna do this. This is what I'm gonna do. It's gonna be amazing. Never started the project. Right. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It's hard on you too because you just. It's like, ah. Yeah, like I've got like probably three or four things like cooking in the back of my head where I'm like, oh, I really want to start that. Mm-hmm. But just haven't. Right. But you haven't shared them with... No, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to talk good. about them. Yeah. Like, one thing I did at the beginning of COVID was I bought a piano. Oh, yeah. And I learned how to play piano. And I didn't tell anyone. And I thought that was a fun little like drill that I did on myself where it's like, I'm going to practice this almost every day mm-hmm. and no one's going to know about it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it, it was pretty neat. It was like, Oh, like I, now that I'm sharing it, it's kind of weird, but, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience. My, my girlfriend, at the time, my girlfriend at the time, I think, I think she was just, yeah, she was just a girlfriend. Uh, now my wife, um, I didn't tell her and she was actually offended. Really? Yeah, she didn't like that. Interesting. Yeah, because she, it was in my walk-in closet, the keyboard. And uh, one time she went in to grab something and she's like, do you play keyboard? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. I learned how to play recently. She didn't like that too much. She was just upset that you didn't share it with her? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that was a learning experience. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, fair enough. Whatever. I get it. Because um, they're like, oh, you hid this from me. Like, what else are you hiding? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what she yep. said. And I'm like, this is a positive thing. Yeah. Like, if I'm hiding other things, like, what, that I'm a millionaire? Cool. Neato. Oh, yeah. Some people do that, too. And honestly, I don't blame them. That's true. I'm, <laughs> for the record, not quite there yet. Yeah, um, me neither. I could use an extra... Million. Million, yeah. yeah. Same, same. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Money. Money. Good stuff. Uh, what gets Good you, stuff. uh, what gets you, uh, oh, why do you, why do you get up in the morning? Why do I get up in why the morning? Why do you get up in the morning? Oh, man, I get up because, uh, responsibility. Uh, people are, need me to get up. People. Animals need me to get up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so, I've, position my life so that I am accountable so that I have to do things not just because I want to do them um which works in my favor because I don't get the choice of not go getting up mm-hmm. um 
It's weird how that's better for you, hey? Absolutely. You yeah. need responsibility. You need mm. stuff that people are relying... You have to be... You have to be somebody who can be relied on. If you can't be relied on to do anything, then no one wants to be around you. Mm. And that goes for yourself as well. If you can't rely on yourself, then forget it. Can you rely on yourself? Most days. Most yeah. days. Yeah. I know me. I know what I'm capable of. You know, even if I do procrastinate a little bit, it'll get done. Yeah. You know, like even today, uh, it was, uh, you know, like somebody was like, oh man, the, the, the milk tank was really, is really dirty. And I'm like, you know what? I've noticed that too. It's getting kind of grimy. So, but I procrastinate, like I took like an hour, like after lunch, I'm like, I definitely could be doing that right now. <laughs> I did not. I was like reading and like, I kind of almost like took a snooze. Mm-hmm. Which never works in your favor. In the, this is different for everyone, but okay. like personally, I cannot nap anymore. Like napping is just it. It's always worse for me than it, it should, and then it ends up than mm-hmm. I want it to be. Right? I I'm groggy after. I feel more tired. It's like taking, like being a trying to be asleep in the middle of the day. It's just weird. I don't I don't like it anymore. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. Like when I was like. Uh, Maybe even five years ago, like I could, I could, you know, I do my morning chores or whatever, take a, take a snooze at like nine, 9am to 9.30 or something. I would like nap and then I'd wake up and I'm like, okay, yeah, that was good. But can't even, I wouldn't, I won't even consider it now. Hmm. Yeah. Napping is, I mean, I, it might change as I get older, but I can't do it. And whenever I try to do it, it always backfires and I just engross for the like next mm. hour until I like get my adrenaline going and I feel awake again. Weird. Yeah, I don't feel more rested at I wonder all. wonder why that is. I don't know. Anyways, my point was yeah. that I, I took an hour after lunch. I'm like, I definitely could be doing that thing that I th- said, told myself I was going to do today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't do it. But then like a couple hours later, I ended up doing it. Okay. So I'm like... I'm not going back. I'm not finishing my day without doing that. And then I did it. Okay. So, yeah, it's sparkling clean now. Nice. You went to a dairy conference? Uh, yeah. How was that? How did you know about that? It, you, we were supposed to hoof term and then we didn't. Oh, that's did. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm always surprised. I forget what I tell people. Yeah. And they're like, oh, how was your trip? I'm like, how did you know I went on a trip? Yeah. They're like, oh, you told me. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, it was good. It was really good. I was inspired. Um, so I learned a lot. Wait, first, where were you? Uh, Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah, tropical Winnipeg in February, which actually was really nice. They, A lot of the locals said that this is some of the nicest weather they've seen in years for mm-hmm. February in Winnipeg. Uh, so climate change, um, was it, was it, was the ground frozen? Yeah. There was still snow everywhere, Oh, okay. but it wasn't like blowing or like minus, it was like minus five. Oh, okay. Like okay. it was kind of like cold, but it, like I could walk around in a long sleeve. No problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're at a dairy conference, Winnipeg, beautiful out. Yeah. The future leaders development conference is what it's called, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I learned a couple, I learned some like, you know, the seminar stuff. I actually learned a couple of good things that I can take with me. Like a lot of it is like board governance. 
um, hands-on hands-on stuff like that. Uh, you know, personality types. Um, listening to like experienced people from the industry. Like, hey, this is my journey. This is how I made it work on the farm. This is, uh, you know, what we did and how we did it. And maybe it'll work for you. You know, lots of, a lot of questions, mm-hmm. a lot of time to like converse back and forth. How many people were there? Like how many students per se? Like a dozen, 15. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Smaller group, smaller group. There was at least one from every province. Uh, and yeah. Like you were a, the only one from BC? No, there's three others from BC. Uh, there's a bunch of Manitoba guys, of course. And, uh, yeah, a couple from Sask, Alberta. Okay. Uh, a bunch of Ontario guys. So, and so yeah, these, these, crew. these people that are speaking, they're just speaking just on, like, general farm? No, it was more, it's more of developing, uh, like, leaders in the like boards developing board mm-hmm. leaders developing um you know uh efficiency and working together and how to be a leader how to you know learn personality types um okay so almost a lot nothing of, to do like, with farming yeah a lot of it like you could translate it to other things too but farming is a very like self-regulated, like board-heavy industry, mm. far more than other industries. Okay. So it definitely, it definitely adds to it. Um, Has it always been like that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Farmers regulate themselves. They have to, because they we cannot stand having somebody else tell us what to do. So we have to have boards set up, governing boards set up to, f- and marketing boards set up. That we can work together, that we can bring our issues and regulate ourselves and police ourselves. Because if the government did it, we'd be screwed. Hmm. You know, there's a our uh, there's a system called ProAction, and it's uh, you know, our animal welfare system of how we regulate our animal welfare. And you know, we get uh, inspections every year. And, you know, if we have any issues, then, you know, you have a time frame to fix them and then you have to fix them basically or else you don't get to keep farming. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's that simple. <laughs> so we have a high level of, of quality that we keep high. Um, but that system was completely created by farmers. Hmm. Like we got together and we said, Hey, we know that people care about animal welfare. We know we, they care about, you know, uh, identification and sanitation and all these pillars of, of the, the good, good cattle yeah, care, good cattle care. And a lot of other things that go into farming that we should keep at a high quality. Mm-hmm. So we said, look, we're either going to have to, we're going to have to implement this eventually. So let's do it now govern ourselves proactively so that we don't have to deal with a bunch of ridiculous government regulations I later. See. I see. Right? So we've always been pretty good at that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to get pressure to do this. Let's do it ahead of time and make it work for us. Right. Because if a farmer mm-hmm. makes the rules, 
about how what we should do and what level we should be at or somebody who doesn't know anything about farming makes the rules two different levels right so it's if if some high up government official says okay you know what i think that all of the farms should have these big you know domes over them and you know what if you can't put a dome up dome up in you know 3 years you don't get to farm anymore we'd all be out of business because nobody can afford to put a big dome up or whatever it is. That's a ridiculous example. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. But government is ridiculous sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, farmers police themselves. Farmers keep ourselves at a high level because we have to. And because we want to. Um, anyways, back to your point of, yeah, it's a lot of boards, right? That usually... That usually happens through the use of boards. And boards are a fantastic tool. You know, it's not just farming. It's, you know, I'm on arts boards and theater boards. Arts and boards. <laughs> You know, any any community group usually has a board. Any nonprofit usually has a board. Anything like that has boards that people can... How do I get up myself? I want, to, I want to be on a board. You should be on boards. I don't yeah. know why you're not. <laughs> Uh, what, what board should I go on? Uh, what are you interested in? Uh, Twitter. Nope. Uh, hmm. That's about it. Um, join, no. uh, like a neighborhood watch. I'm in a new neighborhood. There you go. Join a neighborhood watch. Join, okay. uh, do you have a strata? You're not in strata. No, I am a strata. You are a strata? Okay, yeah. join a strata council. Oh, I opted out of that recently. There you go. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> the best way to figure out what you should be involved in, if you want to be involved in yes. anything, which you should, is whatever affects you on a daily basis, mm-hmm. do that. If you, and, and invest in that. And invest in that, too, yeah. yeah I've heard that phrase. Um, you know, if you are if you really like bird watching, then you should be on the bird watching oh, board. Man. Yeah. If you really like... Uh, whatever you know, if you're you like golfing, so I'm sure there's a, a something golf related you can join. There's got to be clubs and and teams and, or maybe there's a non a nonprofit golfing thing where you can give back. Probably, there's got to be. There's stuff for everything these days. I should look into it. Yeah, with all your free time. All my free time. Actually, I've wanted to recently. I've wanted to. Uh, I've had the itch to um, uh, be like an assistant coach on a junior hockey team. <gasps> that would be great for you. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can give your knowledge to out. To I others. don't. I really just want to see what it's like. I just want to. Yeah, I just I just want to see what it's like to be behind the bench of kids trying to make it and, mm-hmm. and I don't know maybe I can better one kid's life by just noticing that he's trying and he's not really getting it done and the coach is hard on him but I can be like listen man like you're alright yeah. yeah yeah I like that <laughs> I don't know cause I was that guy yeah really yeah it really affected me okay yeah. see I always like that because whatever your thing is, you want to have fixed that for other people, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you think is your problem, 
you want other people to not have that problem. Yeah. And, and I, gonna, I think that's that's still happening today. You want to active take active steps so that you can one last person doesn't have that problem. Because if, if if an assistant coach came along alongside me and said, "Hey man, let's work on your skating. Let's do this mm-hmm. on another day." And we don't do this in front of other people or you know I'd be like, that'd be amazing. And I would still play hockey. Yeah. Instead, I quit. Yeah. I'm like, no, not for me. Not good enough. And that sucked. That sucked. Well, you're good enough for me, Daryl. Thanks, man. Um, but yeah, that would be fun. I think that would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I would have to quit, like, a few things. But anyways. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Whenever you take time to do anything, you are taking time from something else. Yep. That's just how it is. Yeah. When you give to one, you steal from the other. But it's amazing how much time is spent on the phone. Oh, yeah. Right? You're like, wow, I had that much free time. Well, and that's the thing. I went to this conference. It was like a week-long thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I get the notification at the end of the week. You're like, hey, you used your phone like seven hours less this week. And right. I'm like, Whoa. And I feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, it's been a couple of days since then, and I'm, like, I'm kind of, like, falling back in. I'm, like, oh, you know, I'm watching Mm -hmm. YouTube videos and scrolling on stuff and messaging people. And I'm, like, I didn't do any of this last week, and it did not matter. So that's – I'm feeling that. Yeah, that sucks. Like – for the two and a half hours we've been talking, mm. my phone, like I got a phone call, I got multiple notifications because mm-hmm. my phone buzzes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, as soon as when it rang, I'm like, oh man, I got the itch. I'm like, I yeah. want to see who that is. Yeah. But it took me out of the conversation and like, forget this. This is stupid. <laughs> like, like ah, oh, I want to. I should just mm. should have just chucked it on the floor, like. It's crazy that like oh I got a little my phone buzzed I'm like I re- like my brain's like yes. you got to check that you have to check you got to check that it? man it could be something it could be something yeah. I'm a little bit worried about the phone call but nope they didn't phone twice so it's usually not that big a deal okay so Whew. I Hopefully. feel like it's like the the goal like the golden rule of anything it's like if somebody phones you twice in a row oh yeah answer it it's answer important it. otherwise don't worry about it yeah. Unless it's, like, they only had time for a f- one phone call before they, like, crashed or something. Right, right. I'm about to crash. Yeah. Then they leave a voicemail. Yeah. True that. Then I have something to remember you by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that right. there, was a, there was a clip from... What is that guy's name? Jed. Dennis Hoffman. Dennis Hoffman? I have no idea. I just said it. No, it was one of those comedian guys... Uh, Shane Gillis. Yeah, it was him. Okay. And he did that, he was like that airplane skit, where, like, everybody's on the airplane, and then all of a sudden, like, the plane is about to crash, like, oh, both engines have, have, like, blown, and they're like, folks, we're all gonna die. Oh, this is not, okay. I feel like this is someone else. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways. So. We're all gonna die. Yeah, it was like, they're all gonna die. So, like, if you have your loved, if you have any, your phones, you can call your loved ones. So, like, people start calling their loved ones, and they're like, oh, I love you, like, hug the kids, hug the kids, and then the the comedian guy is like, 
he like calls up like his like auto repair shop. He's like, screw you guys, you, you effing idiots. Like, I hate your guts. I'm going to come down uh, there and beat your ass. Yeah. And then everyone's like staring at him. He's like, what? I'm just going to call the people I hate right. and like yell at them. Good point. It's like feels way better. And then I, they all start doing that. I thought you were going to say another bit. Um, but I think that was Shane Gillis. I, yeah. I, I haven't heard that one. Sorry. My apologies. It I thought a, you were doing the... It's a um, funny bit. Uh, shoot. What's that guy? He was from the, um, white or blue collar comedy, uh, tour. Um, shoot. Um, man. Anyways, he has his bit (laughs) and he he goes, uh, man, I want to say his name. I forgot his name. Why did I forget his name? Um, he goes, uh. He took a, a short plane ride somewhere, and he's been drinking a lot. Mm. And he's like, and both engines fail, right? And these people, he's like, all these people are freaking out, right? And he's like, he's like, I don't care. I've been drinking since noon, so take this thing down. I don't care. He's like, and this other person freaking out. He's like, oh, he's like, well, if if the one engine, oh, sorry, I guess one engine failed. The other one's going. He's like, if the one engine fails, how far would the other one take us? And he's like, all the way to the scene of the crash. <laughs> And he's like, which is pretty handy, because that's where we're headed. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty funny. He's like, we should be the paramedics there by a half hour. Anyway, it's a whole thing. I, it sounds like it would be funny. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's not the same if I say it again. It never is. It's telling, explaining a joke yeah. is like dissecting a frog. Ugh, it's gross. You learn more about the frog, but the frog's dead. Anyways, I'm going to go home. Yeah. On that note, let's wrap it up. I appreciate you coming back on the show, Daryl. Absolutely. I needed, fun. A, I needed like a little refresher to get me going. <sighs> that felt good. Yeah. I'm going to just pause it. Pause that. Adios.